Moto One Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another episode of Creative Riding, the motorcycle podcast that brings you two-wheel topics from around the globe. Tonight's show is brought to you by our supporters on Patreon. If you'd like to become a patron of the show, go to www.patreon.com forward slash creative writing to find out more. Now, to our regularly scheduled show, show, Welcome to the Creative Writing Motor Stinky Podcast. I am your host, uh, Junk McPickle Reigns, and on the phone line, is it technically a phone line? <laughs> the, the ones and twos, <laughs> even though I'm not a DJ. <laughs> even though you're coming in on channel three, we have Jay <laughs> up in the house. Jay, what hey, is hey, going on? Hey, what's going on? Not much. How you doing? I'm doing okay. And in a little bit, we will have Wiggins in the house, actually, believe it or not. so. Oh, what? He's coming through? Uh, let's just say he. we got a little bit in from... In spirit. In spirit, he'll be here, uh, yeah, for sure. I get it, I get yeah. it. Yeah. Um, all right, Jay, I have a question for you, and this is a serious question. Do you know what episode this is? Uh, yes, because we got it wrong last time. <laughs> <laughs> it is... 188. No, just kidding. It's 189. <laughs> I was like, dude, it is. It's episode 189, uh, Creative Riding Motorcycle Podcast. And uh, yeah, the Creative Riding Motorcycle Podcast is a podcast that is like 99% BS and uh, a total opinion. And if opinion were fact, we'd be in trouble. But the, sometimes we know the facts, sometimes we don't. But the show's opinions are those of the people who said them, not necessarily of creative writing and uh, definitely not, not of creative yeah, writing. Yeah, let's be real. I think we yeah. s- s- mostly talk out of our bum hole. Yeah. <laughs> and so creative writing will take, uh, they've, Moto One Podcast Network has uh, issued me an official statement. They will no longer take responsibility for our uh, <laughs> opinions. So, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll throw the facts out when we know them. But in the meantime, you'll have to do with uh, what we say. And with that, uh, welcome to episode 189. We got a barn burner of a show. Is that what you'd say about this show? Garage burner? Yeah, we got a garage burner. It is pretty hot in here. And I have to say that the weather has not been very forgiving. Um, we have a Patreon listener in the Discord channel, and he's going to let us know. He's going to give us a review. I told him to do it between like... He's giving us live feedback as we speak. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Yeah, letting us know how terrible it really is. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> Oh, he's typing. He's typing. Oh. <laughs> terrible so far, we, right. We're right on, right on. <laughs> yeah, that's part, that's basically the, we part We have a the low course. bar. There's a low standard to meet anyways. <laughs> yeah, I know. Good thing we're... Not like NPR or uh, Wondery or any of those things. Thank God. I, I have do not have an NPR voice. Yeah, me neither. Uh, 
actually, yeah, we won't we won't go into it. But yeah, I was uh, let's just say I tr- tried out for NPR and they thought I was. It was like that Joe Hong guy. Who was that guy in American Idol? You know who I'm talking about? That crazy guy Joe Hong or whatever that. Yeah. I ha- I don't have cable. I haven't watched oh, TV in like two decades. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even watch that show, and it was like, but it was like five years ago, and uh, the guy was real terrible. That they thought I was doing that. They thought I was joking, but um. So yeah, on this week's show, we got some uh, started out with some sad news. Um, everybody's been tweeting about it now, but I I learned about it early in the morning. Uh, Jesse Combs has passed away in the Alvord Desert in Oregon. Uh, Jesse, of course, was a fabricator and a welder, uh, the fastest woman on four wheels, and she was working up toward being the fastest woman on two. If you know her, actually, maybe three. Um, if you know her, she was uh, on Mythbusters for, I think, one or two seasons. She had a show called All Girls Garage. I think she was on a show called like Four Wheeling with the Guys or something like that. She was known as the first woman to win, win King of the Hammers, so she got named Queen of the Hammers. And um, she was on a bunch of car shows and stuff. Um, she was out in that desert trying to beat the 512-mile-an-hour record set by Kitty O'Neill back in 1976 to become the fastest woman on Earth. And so Kitty's record still stands. Last year, she reached 483 miles an hour before mechanical problems uh, forced her to withdraw. And some local news and jalopnik.com reported that she crashed her uh, 52,000 horsepower North American Eagle supersonic speed challenger out there in the desert. Um, I went to the team's website and they only listed the horsepower as 45,500. So that's still quite a bit Mm. of horsepower. And um, yeah, so dude, what an amazing, amazing chick she was. And, And all day today, after I saw that this morning, I saw it like hours after it had been like reported and all day, I've uh, been seeing stuff on the Instagrams and um, social medias about it. So that happened. And also, sadly, over the weekend, uh, Chris Swallow, who is the son of the nine times Manx GP champion Bill Swallow, passed away after an incident at Balaf Bridge during uh. the Senior TT Classic on Saturday. So they raced Saturday and then they raced on Monday. Um, the Manx GP and the Classic TT, very cool. Those guys go just as hard on those classic bikes as they do on the modern bikes. And so uh, Balaf Bridge is one of the places that I think is pretty kind of hairy. And this guy has been doing it since 2007. So he's well over, been racing there well over 10 years. He wasn't a noob. It wasn't anything like that. It's just Where, where is this located? On the Isle of Man. Oh, okay. Yeah. The the famous, you know, the Alaman TT just happens like at the end of May, at the beginning of June. And then about, you know, four weeks later or something like that, or three weeks later, they do the classic TT and the Manx GP. It's um, like, man, what a bummer we started this off on a yeah, right. <laughs> on a bummer. We gotta we gotta kick it up a bit. Yeah, baby. So listen, let's get into some current events. I I read that September third through seventh is the uh, Geico Built to Ride tour. I should have mentioned this on last week's show because now it's coming up. There's like less. There's like a week to go until this thing. Um, Actually, by the time this show comes out, there'll be less than a week <laughs> to go. <laughs> but they're riding basically all across Tennessee. They're going to be making a trip, one trip in Alabama at the Barber um, Motorsports Complex and the museum there. Um, 
so that's the only tr- uh, only little dip they do out of Tennessee. Otherwise, there's like a bunch of cities they're hitting up in Tennessee. Any bike, any style, any rider, any size, uh, bike or rider is all invited. Um, I think Cycle World is also announcing it, and it's um, put on by uh, Geico, I believe is who the title sponsor is. Um, so that looks like a lot of fun. If you're in Tennessee, and I know like a lot of Wiggins buddies are, and uh, some of my family is there. Check it out, man. Go go check out. Uh, it's like a th- it's like a rolling rally, basically. It's like a week long ride that is the rally, you know. So that that ought to be kind of fun. Do you know where where do they go from? They're starting in Tennessee, and th- it's basically all in Tennessee except for the the dip into Barber, and which is in Alabama. If you go to um, builttoridetour.com, I believe it is. They have all the information. Like I know they're stopping in Nashville and Chattanooga, and um, Blytherton and uh, Corpus uh, Nogales and something else. Um, what's another big town in Tennessee? Knoxville, probably. I'm guessing, and um, Bluedoton. All these places they're stopping. I think there's like five stops on it. I know I said like eight towns because half of those are made up. But I know <laughs> they are. I was gonna say I have no idea. You could be talking at your ass. <laughs> I'd be like, sure, great. I'll have to visit there sometime. And since this is creative writing, I was. Um, yeah, I think there's like. Five major cities uh, on there. So you, so I know Chattanooga and Nashville. I'm pretty sure Knoxville was one of them. And then um, whatever. There's there's got to be another big city in Tennessee that we're that we're missing here. But um, so September third through seventh. Nashville. Yeah, did I already you say s- Nashville. I did, but we can put it at the beginning and the end. You know, like okay. Ohio. Yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, so yeah, a three uh, a rolling rally sounds like a lot of fun. You know, party on wheels. Oh yeah. Um, that's September third through seventh. Uh, September twenty first and twenty second. Wait, wait, I'm missing. I'm missing something very important here. Really quick, I accidentally skipped ahead to September. We are, we're not even out of August yet. We still, we still have this. <laughs> so now rewind. Tell the the audience to skip ahead five minutes in the podcast, and then rewind <laughs> back to three minutes into the. Podcast. And take notes of where you were because you. I don't want you <laughs> yeah, to mess this standard. up. Yeah, I don't want you to mess this up. Um, It'll be Choose Your Adventure podcast. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to make one of those one of these days. Um, August 31st, our buddy Brady Walker, the sweet talker, um, who just had the Carnival of Speed out at Willow Springs Raceway. Mini bikes galore. You should have seen some of the the fun stuff that was going down. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I bet. He always, whenever there's mini bikes and Brady in the same vicinity, I'm telling everybody out there, man, I can't even give you the adequate description of how crazy it gets. I went to the one, uh, the drag race (laughs) with the mini bikes, and it was absolutely bonkers out here in Long Beach. It was fantastic. That was at BA Moto or something? Yeah. 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 So, yeah, the the more mini bikes, the less clothing usually, and uh, the the more hygiene. Or or women's clothing. If you do it in a dress, it's guaranteed to increase the horsepower by at least two two points. Dude, embrace your uh, feminine side and learn uh, (laughs) to open new doors to your potential mini bike dumb. Um, yes. So yeah, so let's rewind. He just had the Carnival of Speed with all that fun stuff, and August thirty first, which is uh, this what Sunday, they are or this Saturday, they're taking that up to Sears Point Raceway. They're calling it the Heavy to celebrate the kind of heavy uh, sport bikes that you know what we call super bikes back in the day. Um, you know some of those big old heavy honking UJMs that got raced pardon me, in the late 70s and early 80s. Um, so they're calling it the heavy, but there's still going to be all the crazy hijinks, just like there was at uh, 
Carnival of Speed. They're going to show the AFM racers. I think there's AFM round four up there. They're going to show those guys what a party on two wheels looks like. And you're, uh, you know, encouraged to dress like it's 1979. They're basically like celebrating <laughs> bikes from that era, from like the late 70s. Last The last year before we clicked over into 1980s Wall Street, cocaine, and like the death of disco, right? So let's celebrate these last... Last year of the crazy big where, heavy bikes. Where is the Sears Point Raceway located? Sears Point is in Sonoma. Okay, got it. Right? Am I thinking that right? So I, I have no idea. I've, I've never dri- been there. Yeah, it's, it's up in like the Bay Area. I've driven right past it, but I, I can't remember if it's called Sonoma Raceway and it because it was formerly Sears Point. I can't remember what they call it now, but yeah, it's awesome. It's one of the like historic ones that sadly I'm afraid is not going to be there in like 20 years because of you know, all the rich um, computer programmers that are moving up there and they're complaining about all the noise. But regardless, let's not talk about that. Um, August 27th through the 31st, we got the 41st annual. So by the time you guys are hearing this, it's already been going on a little bit. So I hope you're there. I know I know, Wiggins' dad has to be at this, dude. It's the 41st annual Wing Ding happening in Nashville, Tennessee. And this is where all the gold ring wing... I almost said the gold ring riders because I can't talk very well. It's uh, it's for Honda gold wings, dude. All the wing well, dingers. That's the thing people don't know that if you um own a gold wing, that's what you get a secret. A gold ring. Gold yeah. ring. Okay, <laughs> yeah, that is exactly what happens. Um, and you can't tell anybody about it either. They confiscate it and whip you with cat and nine tails. Um, August thirtieth. And through September 2nd, so basically this weekend, uh, there's Thunders in the Rockies, which is, I probably said Thunders, and I should have said Thunder. It's like last week when I said Easy Riders, when I should have just said Easy Rider. I think it's Thunder in the Rockies. But Thunders in the Rockies is probably more adequate because there's going to be trillions, probably bajillions of bikers there. It's going to be in Loveland, Colorado. And uh, if you want to check out the links, you can go to thunderintherockies.com and uh, see what all they got going on there. I'm sure Colorado right now is like so beautiful. Uh, I could just imagine the Rocky Mountains uh, retracing the Donner Party steps through the Rockies. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Uh, uh, August 29th through September. (laughs) 50 enter and one return. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's almost like Mad Max, right? Uh, Or the Roach Motel. Um, Also, August 29th through September 2nd. So all these things happening this weekend. The Easy Riders Rodeo in Chillicothe, Ohio. I hope it's not Chillicothe and like they're going to hate me for that, but uh, sorry, bros. Yeah, go to um, easyridersevents.com, I believe is the website. How did you pronounce it? Chillic- I said Chillicothe and then Chillicothe. Chill- I Just- think it's Chillicothe. Is it? I, I, don't, I don't know. I've never heard of it before, but that's <laughs> the way that it's spelled. <laughs> right. Go to com and check it out and you figure out how to pronounce it and then come on your the podcast and like or start your own now let's fast forward all you people that kept these timestamps mark it here clap there you go that's your mark baby september 3rd through 7th the geico built to ride tour um september 5th through 7th the hot springs rally in hot springs arkansas and boy do i know about arkansas you know why because i was born there i wasn't born in hot springs i was born in i'll give you one guess I have no idea. Yeah, that's right. Nobody does. Churchmanville. Yeah, you're very. You're not too far off. Turd down. <laughs> Turd down. It's a uh, possum grape. Possum grape, Arkansas. Um, Brown hole. Brown hole. Yeah. 
You ever been to Brown Hole? It's right next to Hot Hot Bung, Arkansas. I'm very familiar with Brown Hole. Yeah. Listen, Brown Hole and Hot Bung are like suburbs of hot springs. It's like, oh, what can we call this beautiful hot springs? And then like the outside ones are like, well, it's already taken. So let, like it is just a brown hole full of hot water. And then the other one's like, yeah, it's like a hot bung. Um, if you go to hotspringsrally.com, you'll find out all you need to know there. And then September 18th through 22nd is the Golden Aspen Rally in Ruidoso Downs, New Mexico. You you know what an Aspen is, don't you? Isn't it a string? Yeah, baby. You already won two points this week on, <laughs> on my motor, uh, my vocabulary quiz. So go to <laughs> MotorcycleRally.com. Check it out. It's probably really sweet in New Mexico this time of year, too, before it gets to be like 3,000 degrees. Um, oh, yeah. New Mexico is gorgeous when it's not hot. Yeah. And when is it not hot? Like right when this thing's happening. Um, the Guthrie Motorcycle Swap Meet in Guthrie, Oklahoma is happening. If you go to GuthrieSwapMeet.com, you'll find it out. You'll find it out. Um, basically, there's everything. When you go to Oklahoma, especially Guthrie, Oklahoma, you get stuff from Missouri. You get stuff from Arkansas. You get stuff from the Texas Panhandle. You get just about everything you can imagine, and they spread it out all through the town of Guthrie. The whole town becomes a motorcycle swap meet um, because, hey, Oklahoma, what else are you going to do, right? So, uh, yeah, check it out. It's two days long, and it's going to be awesome because it's where everybody – in like, I bet there's a lot of like barn finds oh, yeah. and uh, survivor chopper parts there. You better believe it. Right. Yeah. So that's going to be happening. Um, and that's, I forget, that's been going on for years and years too, I'm pretty sure. I can't remember if uh, that's like one of these weird historical ones. It's just like one of these roadside flea market things that happens every year for like the last 50 years. But yeah, go check it out. GuthrieSwapMe.com. September 29th. Girl, you got your beard waxed and your mustache trimmed nicely. Oh, because yeah, I'm getting ready. I'm yeah. growing it out and I'm going to dye it. Ba-bam. <laughs> the Distinguished Gentleman's Ride is what Jay's getting ready for. Uh, I have to go down to the costume shop once again and get myself one of those dumb fake mustaches just because I can't grow facial hair. It's like so weird. Whatever. Do you have to RSVP to participate or can you just show up? Or is you it like- cannot show up because they won't tell you where the ride starts or anything like that unless you sign up. You don't have to uh- donate. You don't have to raise any money. You just have to sign up and then they will tell you, hey, here's where it begins. We would like you to donate and sign up or at least get a minimum donation, but it's not mandatory. So they, because uh, my motorcycle is not distinguished. It's probably the exact opposite. It's distinguished, but not in the way that they want it to be distinguished. Yours, will I get become a pariah, or is you that you will? Depending on what ride you go to, you will actually be a pariah. And I heard that in the <laughs> yeah, that's uh, what I thought. I've seen some of the Venice Beach ones, and some of the people are super dapper. I don't know if I can compete with that that much dapper. Yeah, I think in San Diego they were pretty hardcore about it. In LA, I think they're pretty chill. Last year. Orange Not County, the, the I've seen chill. the Santa Monica ones were really, really like highfalutin. Yeah, you should come out this way. Do the do the Pasadena one, or I went to the um, Orange County one last year, and they were pretty chill. Like most of the people were on um, vintage styled bikes, though, and of course I rode Spamla, so. <laughs> she's pretty vintage way she, at the back. <laughs> no man, I was doing pretty good. You know what? The funny thing is, Spamla was like in a lot better running order than a lot of the actual old vintage bikes. I, that, I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> this dude on a Honda got kept breaking down, and so I stuck around with them, 
and like everybody ditched us. And I was like, dude, I'll, I, it sucks to ride alone. So I'll just hang out with you and, 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 uh, we'll figure it out. We'll figure out. And I didn't know my way around Orange County. So I was, he's like, I know where we're going. And I was like, sweet. So now I got to follow you. Right. And, uh, dude, his bike just kept overheating. It was like an old CB 750. Um, I think it was a CB 750 F or something like that. And it just kept uh. overheating. It was just like, you know, for whatever reason, he, he just had to keep the, keep it pinned at gas at uh, stoplights, which kind of sucked, you know? Uh. So, but anyway, um, yeah, that Spamala was in a lot better running order than some of the bikes that were there, but there was also a lot of like new style. There was a lot of Ducati scramblers and like the SCR will fit in perfectly this year, uh, because it's like vintage style. There's, there was a lot of new quote, old style bikes there. So that's happening September 29th. That's a global event. So no matter where you are, I know we got Ray in the discord, uh, chat, Ray, you take your Nighthawk 2040 and you get in there and, uh, you take your C-Lab 2020, you enter it in the Portland, uh, distinguished gentleman's ride and they'll most likely accept you. Portland's pretty, uh, I, I could imagine Portland would, would give a flying F about what showed up. Um, and then listen, after that, September 30th through October 6th, Myrtle Bike Week. Didn't Myrtle, Myrtle Bike Beach Week already happen? Yeah, uh, it did. Sure. I'm going to answer that for you. It did. But they have two. They also have a fall one, and it happens at Murals Inlet, South Carolina. Go to MyrtleBeachBikeWeek.com and find out more. Then go down to South Carolina. Let your freak flag fly. I almost messed up. I, said, I almost said, <laughs> I, uh, I almost said, let your freak fly flag fry. I have a, that's a tongue twister. You can do that too. That's okay. Yeah. No judgment. Yeah. So go down there, do that and, um, shoot a gun while you're in your underwear, smoking a cigarette, barefooted, riding your motorcycle. Cause I think all of those things are legal Yeehaw. in yes. South Carolina. And then after that, IMS and AIM coming up super soon. Uh, AIM's going to be in Cleveland this year. I've already got multiple like, Hey dude, are you going to come this year? Cause we've got your media badge waiting. I am not going to fly all the way to Cleveland. Uh, especially, oh, are you gonna ride there? I'm gonna ride uh, on the Scrambler. No, I'm gonna ride my uh, 50 cc. Um, it's not even 50 cc. It's a three horsepower Briggs and Stratton uh, powered mini bike there. So if you're not gonna go, can I have your media badge? You can have my media badge. You want to go? I will get you yeah. in. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You. When is it? Uh, it is coming up pretty soon. I think it's gonna be in uh, the end of September or the beginning of October. Mm. It's real soon. Yeah. It's super soon. I, I as long as it doesn't conflict with Babe Right Out, I would love to go. I don't know how I would afford, but I could camp on the side of the road. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is kind of hokey, too. You know what they're going to have this year is um, they're going to be having flat track inside. Uh, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So they're going to be bringing the Spirit of Heritage Racing to Columbus on Saturday, September 28th, as the AMA sanctioned indoor racing event will feature hooligans, e bikes, wild customs, and much more, thanks to amateur and pro racers willing to bang bars and put it all on the line for a fun loving crowd. So, yeah, it's going to be the end of September. It's coming up here in a few weeks. Can you get there? Uh, I'm going to try. I would like to, but. Um it's September, September 26th through 29th in Columbus, Ohio. Yeah, I have the time. I just need to figure out accommodations mm -hmm. along the way to ride there. But yeah. I would love to do that. Wait, you would ride there? <laughs> of course. You know what? Ural uh, Ride Day is coming up about 10 days before that. Maybe we can talk to Ural. Maybe we can get you in a sidecar. And uh, 
Uh, no, I should be riding full time by the end of September. Girl, that's already uh, my destination. All the way to Columbus, Ohio. You know, September is like tomorrow, right? <laughs> yeah, but I got three weeks to plan it out. All I'd right. have to see how how many miles I could do a day. All right, I'll just bring a lot of uh, ibuprofen and monkey <laughs> that monkey butt powder and all that stuff. Oh, um, yeah. I got that stocked up. So hey, Ray is telling us. You guys, you're already 23 and a half minutes into the show and you haven't done what the show is famous for. You know what we're famous for? Uh, besides screwing up what episode it is <laughs> and besides saying a bunch of stuff that's not true. There's other stuff we're famous for. Being Most, absolutely professional at being unprofessional. That's part of it. The other part is word of the week. We haven't put, selected a word of the week and since Jay's not in the studio with me here tonight, and since Wiggins is not in here at the studio with me tonight, I got the little can of words. Let me make sure you can hear that it's real. Whoa. I almost just spilled that them all. sounds like toilet water. Shh. <laughs> that is my new favorite brand of uh, booze, by the way. Toilet water. Toilet water brand beer. Puts hair on your chest and chest on your hair. Um... I selected a word. The word is, oh, great. The word is creative. Oh, And since you guys aren't in the studio with me tonight to uh, do any sort of like extracurricular challenge, right? Um, I, I have a quote deed or curse or whatever planned out for tonight. And I don't, I don't want to say it because here's the deal. Here's going forward. I'm not going to tell the curse because then we're going to avoid saying the word. Here's how the word of the week is going to work in the future. We're going to, um, we're going to have this word, right? And we're going to pull it out and select it. And if it gets brought up in the show, it gets brought up in the show. At that point, we will pull out the deed. And the deed could be a good deed or it could be a bad deed. It could be a nice deed. It could be a, a dirty deed, done dirt cheap. We won't find out until one of us says the word because when we know the punishment or the deed and the deed is bad, we will be inclined not to use words. So I'm not going to tell you until we actually say the word. That'll make it fair for the listeners. Do, do you know the punishment or do you? Well, for tonight I do because you and Wiggs oh, aren't. that's cheating. Yeah, you and Wiggs aren't here. Well, should I, should I tell everybody what it's going to be for this week then? Nah, I won't do it. I won't do it. Nah. Yeah. But, but I do have some creative punishments. I think I mentioned them on, oh, la- on last week's you just, show. You just said the word. All right. I okay, did. So tell us what the punishment is. Well, the punishment for this week is that the, uh, the first three people to put the word of the week in um, our Facebook page, it doesn't have to be in our word of the week Facebook group page. Um, they're going to get some stickers. How's that? And I'll give them something from our box of S. We have a box. It's like literally the box of shit, right? Like I have a whole bunch of stuff or the box of stuff. I have a box of stuff that I get all sorts of crazy little doodads from all the shows that we go to and uh, all the weird uh, swag that people give us um, when you go to you know motorcycle shows. And it's just sitting around and it's waiting for uh, somebody to, to get. And I'm thinking like, the first three people to put the word of the week and, and, and Ray is already cheating cause he's in the discord <laughs> chat right now. Um, can get a, 
how is legit for the word of the week to be in the title of the show? That's a great question. I think that's a valid question. <laughs> Ray says, how is it legal for the word of the week to be the title of the show? You know what? That's why somebody submitted it. I think somebody else submitted a word. Somebody, oh, Jason Goldmeyer, the evil and foul creator of uh, WIR's top 10 bikes drag racing list. He's been listening to the show for a while now. And he said, I know what words you guys say a lot. And I have compiled, he, I think he submitted like four <laughs> or five words, all based on his experience with the show and what we Dude, say. That's a true listener. If he already has a spreadsheet of like words used by frequency. <laughs> Please, he doesn't know how to he use a spreadsheet. He is analyzing it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he definitely, like he's got us on lock. He's going to throw some shade on us for sure. <laughs> oh my God, I hope I didn't blow. I forgot Ray is in there uh, having to listen to our crummy sound effects. I hope that didn't blow out his speakers. Oh, well, I, I can't even hear the sound effects. Oh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> now you did. All right. So, yeah, the word of the week was that. I'm not going to say it again because I don't want to reward three more people with uh, some weird stuff from a bag of ass. But we also have some patrons before that weren't very creature-esque. Um, they weren't very good, and they didn't submit their um, addresses and stuff, so I might actually have some leftover stuff that we can throw for them. I'm not giving away... There's one thing I'm not going to give away that's in that box right now that I'm looking at, and it's uh, Chris Singsheim's piston that he blew at like 150 miles an hour and sent it to us. That's staying on the, uh, the shelf of doom. And so I'm not going to give that baby away. But I do have a book about toothpicks, the history of the toothpick. I mean, there's all sorts of stuff in there. Who knows? I'm just going to randomly close my eyes, dig around, and give three people something about it. And Ray, uh, do you think we should just go at Ray's? Let me see. Ray's texting us. Ray says it sounds good. Okay. Oh, I don't know if he's talking about the uh, sound effect or this this contest idea. Uh, it was a high-quality fart. There you go, Ray. <laughs> Jay, God. Listen, that wasn't even the sound effect that time. <laughs> that, that was. Uh, mine would definitely blow out the levels. <laughs> I'm small, but I make a lot. I make a lot of uh, breaking of wind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, when they, when I hear people describe you, it's like, are they talking about Jay's butt or Manny Pacquiao? <laughs> I don't know. Yes, savage. Um, savage, small, violent, quick, right? All these things. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's the word of the week. Um, see this, this year, this week was pretty, this year, this week was pretty easy. Um, and I, I don't want to say it again though, because the next time I say it, there's going to be a bunch of crowd cheering and we're going to throw in some vuvuzelas. There'll be a bunch of rigmarole, but I will also <laughs> owe, or you will owe some more people. How's this Jay for, for a challenge? If you say the word on accident, you got to give three people something of yours, like three people comment on our Facebook page, uh, and you I, give them three little thing th images. Three unique uh, little trading yeah. cards, motorcycle trading sure. cards? Sure, or just draw them something, whatever. How's that? Okay, okay, maybe. Yeah. I think I think I can do that. I can do that for the listeners. Yeah. I do have something special hiding in a box here that's fermenting. <laughs> for one of our challenges. That's your brown liquid? Mm, no, water. It's, it's definitely not liquid, but it is, uh, I don't know what's going to come of it. I, I, I've got a <laughs> jar that we're going to replace a smell in it every week. Oof. And uh, actually, it's going to ferment until um, one of us chooses it. And then whoever says the word of the week, 
if that is the deed for that week, she'll have to sniff it and we'll take oh, video yeah. <laughs> video evidence and put it on our Facebook and Instagram as proof that we actually do follow through with the punishment of the week. And also, man, I got to be really careful at the end of the show that I don't just blab out the word of the week this week. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll just say, you know where to find us. Um, anyway, it could be good. I could be fermenting rose petals in there right now, which actually might stink after by the time we get the. Yeah, I think uh, anything that says fermented in it is going to be a interesting smell. Yeah, <laughs> I like kimchi though. I mean, kimchi is fermented, and that smells. Oh too. man, my uh, I used to get kimchi <laughs> at the local Korean place right by work, and uh, every time I'd be in the break room, oh man, the looks on people's faces that would walk in, and I'd always have to be like, I'm eating kimchi. It's not the smell is not. <laughs> Like from my body, it's from the kimchi. Y'all, dude, I'm totally eating kimchi. Dude, no, 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 that's not me. I'm eating kimchi. Yeah, as as because you know the it's the a very it's a noisy kimchi is very noisy. When you <laughs> yeah, eat it. it is, especially when they put those squeaky curds in there. Um, yeah, I I think doesn't kimchi kind of fart when you open the jar too? Like I I got some in a jar actually, not from a restaurant. I bought some at the store. And when you open it up and the air hits it because it's vacuum sealed, I think it does a little, you know. I, I would believe that. I just yeah. know that it's very uh, pungent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so hey, let's get into this week's show. Finally, what do you say? It's only been. Uh, 32 minutes. Why don't we plus the uh, music time? So let's get into this week's show. Hey, creative writing listeners, this is Moto G Pete from the Noco Moto Podcast, the best motorcycle podcast that you've never heard. Why haven't you heard of us? I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I think the Clobman Pickle Corporation has been paying iTunes to repress any other motorcycle pickle related content. And, like, our theme song barely even mentions pickles, but whatever. Just give us a listen. Mmm, what's that smell? They're at it again. The folks at RP Enterprises solving two world problems with one great solution. You got a hankering for some of Grandma's hush puppies? Sure you do. They're delicious. You love them. Well, how about solving world hunger and the pet overpopulation problem with one easy, simple, tasty solution? Fist Puppies from RP Enterprises. Never have to listen to a Sarah McLaughlin song again about it. Fist Puppies, available only at Hetty's. On 4th Street. Got a secret you need to hide? Oh my gosh, Dad, does Mom know you have a new motorcycle? I'm so gonna go tell her. Try Brainwipe. Brainwipe is a specially formulated powder you slip into someone's drink and they will never remember a thing. No longer will you have your nagging wife asking you to spend more time with her on the weekends instead of out riding with the boys. Ladies, no more oopsie, I forgot to buy groceries this week because I bought bike parts instead. And definitely no more of this bullshit. Mom, I'm going to tell Dad to cut me a motorcycle if you don't let me ride it. That's right, get Brainwipe at your local grocer. Brainwipe, solving life's motorcycle problems one at a time. And now, Brainwipe for kids. Brainwipe! Who said that? I did a bunch of stuff this week, but Jay, what did you did? You did something oh. exciting, and then you... Uh, oh, my God. Yeah. 
I was highly, highly ambitious yesterday, or well, should I say on, uh, what was that, T- on Tuesday. I, um, I, so I was at home and my usual routine, I wake up and then I get on my crutches, get my coffee, and then I try to get into uh, art mode and I'll basically be reclining most of the day. But when I woke up that day, I, uh, I was feeling kind of like, you know, really confident and I felt really good. Like I wasn't really in a lot of pain. And um, I took a shower and I was standing up. And when I was standing up, I was like, you know what? I'm actually, I think I'm pretty good today. And I started walking around the apartment without like my crutches or my cane. And I mean, I have a limp, but I was actually able to do it limping around without like being in excruciating pain, which up until this point, I haven't been able to do because I couldn't, the doctor's orders were uh, to not have any weight bearing until mid-September. And so um, I was like, you know what? I think I should hop on the motorcycle today. (laughs) And I was just like, you know what? I think today's the day I've been just dying to get back on. It's something I think about all day long. I wake up and I think about riding. I go to bed and thinking about it. Yeah, And so I was every, every week of the show you've been, and actually we, we text a lot away from the show and every week you've been texting me, God, I'm fiending. (laughs) Like I can't wait. Oh yeah. All of my friends like on Instagram and stuff, I'm always like DMing. I'm just like, they're sending me pictures of them riding. Like Dane will be like sending me his ADV adventures. My buddy went across country and he's telling me about it. I was like, Oh my God, you guys are torturing me. (laughs) Um, so I had this feeling and my girlfriend gets home like around, 334-ish. And so I was feeling this That's around That's a very 12. specific time to get home, 334. <laughs> and uh, so I was like, okay, it was like noon. And I was like, okay, my bike, um, I need to replace the handlebars. So I was like, I can't really hop on the banana right now because it's not 100%. And I don't want to risk it with the handlebars being tweaked. So I was like, the only bike I can ride at the moment is the KTM and she commutes on it every day. So I was like, okay. Because she said I could ride it when I was ready. And so I was like, I have to wait till she gets home. So I was just agonizingly waiting. And so she gets home and like, she's just like got all her gear on. She's sweating. She's hot. And I was just like so excited. I'm just like, today's the day. Today's the day. I'm going to ride the motorcycle. And she was just like, are you freaking crazy? And I was like, no, I'm, I'm ready to do this. Like, <laughs> I, let's just go for it. I, I feel it. I just felt the energy. I felt confident. And so, um, I put on my helmet, I had to get my helmet ready because I have a new, uh, Cena headset. And so I was, had to get that worked out. And then, um, I was like, okay, where should I go? And I was going to test out the Cena headset and the, the SD card wasn't working. So I was like, okay, well, this is perfect because now I have a destination. It won't be too long. Like I don't want to be on the motorcycle too long. So I have literally not been physically active for almost three months. I've been literally sitting down every single day. So my muscle mass has really um, disintegrated basically. So I'm like, okay, uh, let's go. We're gonna go to Best Buy. And so I I hopped on the KTM and I went for a ride. Is is Best Buy like Amazon? (laughs) (laughs) I think it's worse. Is that a a real store? Oh yeah. 
Well, yeah, it's why, why Amazon's pretty... flourishing because people don't actually have to go into the crappy exactly, brick and mortars. Exactly, because we didn't even end up getting anything from there because they didn't have what I was looking for. But um, but I rode there. The, the KTM is a freaking blast. It's a little thumper. You like it, you never got to ride it before no, pre crash. No, I haven't yeah. been able to ride it. Every she this is her third motorcycle, and the previous two. It's always been kind of like a habit. Is uh, we'll buy the bike and then I'll ride it home. So then, and then Ashley gets it from there. And, um, so, oh, see you later, Ray. And so then, um, yeah, so I got to ride the bike. It, it's a really, thankfully it was such a light bike. Um, I have, uh, my habit, my just physical memory because of my previous accident, my left foot was impaled. So I just developed a habit, um, just always putting my right leg down. So any listeners who have been listening know that my right ankle and tibia had been broken. So I had to put pressure and put the weight on my right side, but it actually wasn't that bad. So, um, so yeah, I was coming to a stop. I'd put my leg down. Um, I think the thing that hurt the most the next day were my hips and my knee, but, uh, it, it was a very ambitious of me. Um, I definitely, Felt it the day after, very sore, but it was totally worth the pain. I enjoyed every second of it. I did a little willy on it because I told her I had to be the first one to do a willy. I did a little willy. That was really awesome. And then um, after Best Buy, we went to Target, another place. I don't know if you've heard of it. Um, Is that those things that you shoot with bows and arrows like my good friend Robin of Loxley used to do? (laughs) Yeah, but they also, they sell things there too sometimes. And I think it was the universe, it was meant to be. I think that's why I was feeling the energy when I woke up that day. Because when we were going to Target, we went up to the electronics department, which is where I was looking for the SD card. And I turn around and behind me is the men's clothing department. And I usually generally wear a lot of guys clothes that's just how I prefer to dress and I turn around and on the mannequin do you know what the mannequin was wearing I I know because I saw your <laughs> Instagram story it was wearing a button down short sleeve shirt with bananas on it and I lost my shit because you got to understand, I've pretty much been cooped up inside every day. I haven't had a lot of human contact in the last few yeah. months. <laughs> so I, it's just like I'm like, a, you know, when a dog, when we take our dog out for a walk, if he hasn't had a lot of walks recently, he just goes insane. You know, he gets super excited. And I literally went bananas over this shirt because it has bananas all over it. it and it was a size small. And so we're looking around and we're like, okay, let's find like a different size. Uh, let, let's see if we can find the small on the rack. It was the last shirt. So I Ashley goes to look in the other end of the department and she turns around and she sees me and I already have the mannequin halfway undressed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pulling, frantically pulling this shirt off of the mannequin and I'm just so excited. And so... I'm like, oh my God, we have to buy this. And so then I was like, you know what? I wonder if they have banana socks. And I was like, I don't know. Let's see. So we walk over. We're like uh, kind of just browsing. We don't see anything. And then I look over in the corner of my eye. And on the top 
of the sock section, there were banana socks. Shut up. And I was just like, oh my God. So again, I'm just like rewinding to all of my excitement all over again. And I was like, just, okay. I have the shirt. I have the socks. I was like, you know what would make this per- absolutely perfect tie my whole wardrobe together because I'm an absolute lunatic is if I had banana underwear. <laughs> no, they did not. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I'm really pushing it. I'm pushing. I already have the socks. I already got the shirt. There's no way. And so we're walking over to the underwear department, and sure enough, they had banana underwear and I was just like at this point Ashley was like just so embarrassed because I'm losing my shit I'm like oh my god you don't understand this is so exciting I was like this is my thing bananas are like just my thing now it's like my brand or whatever and I was just absolutely so excited and so of course we didn't get a shopping cart so just imagine Ashley, and she has like a banana shirt draped over her shoulder. She's holding the banana underwear, the socks, and the other one. It was just such a funny picture. But um, I think overall, it was it was meant to be. The day was just a wonderful day. I got to ride the motorcycle. I got to get my banana outfit. It was just really a really good day and I haven't had a day like that in a very long time. That's nice, man. Yeah. So it just felt good to get out and it kind of made me feel that I I miss that feeling of being independent. It's just, if anyone out there has had an accident where you like are, you know, on crutches or stuck at home for a while, it's really, you can get disheartening. Like I was, I was getting, going to a really dark place for a while there and like just, getting bummed out, you know, because I haven't ridden so long. And this is the only time I ever take a break from riding is when I have accidents. I literally ride like I was looking at my calendar a couple months back and I was like, ah, like I was doing the math and I was like, I ride about like 300 days out of the year. Yeah. So like I'm literally always on my bike. And so to have that taken away and that ability, that's like what really gives me independence it just felt so amazing to be getting that wind in my face and uh i was just grinning the whole time i was on the bike and the only thing i don't like about the ktm is the clutch i I don't really don't like it's a it's really soft cool clutch uh it's really light but it lets out further from the bar than i'm used to yeah so i wasn't really i had to really get a I had to really adjust to that because mine is, is like the exact opposite on the on the Suzuki. Yeah, man, that is so cool. I'm so proud of you and I'm proud that you did it and I'm proud that you got out there on two wheels and I know you've been fiending for it and I'm happy for you that you finally got to do it again. You know what I'm saying? Well, like, I texted you because I remember, uh, what was it, the la- I believe it was the last podcast um, I had made a claim. I was like, I'm going to be writing in 10 days. And everyone balked at it. And they're like, oh, scoffing. And, you know, oh, that's like a really big uh, deadline to put on yourself. And sh- and I texted you, <laughs> you know, I was like, hey. Yeah, you all going to be writing by this. And I was like, dude, li- that's literally like 10 days away. You know that, right? And sure enough, man. 
Yeah, I, because I, 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 I stood by that, and uh, it, I don't know, it's just really good. I'm, it gave me, I think, the energy I needed because, like I said, I was getting in a dark place, and so now I feel much more like re-energized. And I, like I said, I'm really sore um, afterwards, but I have something. It renewed my like um, hope. I guess you would say, yeah, just to, to get back on there. So I'm still, I have a really bad limp. I, I did after riding that day, I had to go back to the crutches because the pain did shoot up quite a bit. Um, but you know, once I start doing physical therapy regularly, I hope that I can get out of this stage and return to normal life within the next 30 days. Yeah. Yeah. So Hey everybody come on in here. Yeah, come on. We want to give Jay here, Jay. We want to give you this. There's a. Are they doing sign language? I can't hear anything. Oh, there we go. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. I didn't want to blow your eardrums out, but <laughs> everyone's super proud of you. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I really, um, I when you said when you said that, and I was like, yeah, you do. That's like like two weeks. <laughs> I, re- yeah. I really wasn't expecting it. The banana wardrobe really seals the deal. I think, uh, it sounds like things really came together for you this week. Yeah, it was really good. And, um, <clears throat> again, like I want to, I want to thank the people who have been reaching out to me for the art commissions. Cause that has been keeping me going. And I just, I appreciate that. I really appreciate it. I've gotten a lot of kind messages from people and it really, it, it means a lot to me. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that is cool too. I've seen, you've been texting me and sharing some of the whip stuff that's going on. And I think that it lo- not only does it look really cool, but that's cool that you guys both, you know, it's like a mutual thing where you get to do your art and people get something cool out of it. Yeah. I'm and- really, I'm really excited. I'm working on, currently I'm working on uh, doing a Triumph Street Scrambler. And uh, this is a really fun one to work on. I think it's hopefully she really likes it, but uh, I've been having a lot of fun getting the colors. I'm in the color stages finally, so I think it's going to look pretty pretty sick, hopefully. Yeah. yeah, they take quite a bit of work, and you put a lot of uh, time and, and little details that you don't really catch here and there unless you do see it in that step-by-step process, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And any listeners who are interested, I I will be putting out some stickers and some T-shirts and some some uh, trucker hats. So be on the lookout for that. I'll announce it on the podcast. But um, just because, like I uh, said for a while now, I don't have any income and the disability that I applied for turned out to be a fraction of what I was anticipating due to my job situation uh, they don't pay into the disability fund. So this art is literally helping make up whatever lost income I have. So be on the lookout for, for t-shirts and some really cool stickers and some trucker hats. It's going to be some cool stuff that are lined up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. There, I got a couple things too that I did this week. Do you want to talk about why you were at Best Buy and Target first and not just buying uh, banana no, no. underwear? Let's hear, let's hear about your week. How was your week? Well, uh, so you know this weekend was the Carnival of Speed, which was uh, put on by Sweet Talk Brady Walker, right? So I was really busy, and I think it was like a, a little bit of stress too. I'm not 100% sure, but staying up late, being stressed, trying to 
you know, balance a bunch of stuff. Um, started feeling sick Thursday-ish, like mm. kind of weird. Woke up um, Saturday and didn't feel that great again. And I was like, oh man, like this is terrible. And I was going to ride up to uh, Willow Springs. <clears throat> Pardon me. I was actually going to take my kids up there too, see if they wanted to watch the mini bike stuff. And we were going to take some squirt guns and squirt the guys as they were doing uh, the Sunday stuff, which is like more in the mud. And so we were like, yeah, they're already going to be muddy. We'll take up some squirt guns and have fun and squirt everybody. But uh, yeah, I just wasn't feeling up to it. I just, even by Monday, I still wasn't feeling great. And then, um, yeah, I don't know what happened. I don't know what it was, but I feel a little more rested and, and a little better now. Of course, it's not Friday yet, but we're headed there. Um, pardon me. And then, so yeah, I, uh, yeah, I've, I, I'm yawning a lot tonight. I've been feeling a little bit tired too, so it's kind of weird. Like I haven't, I haven't fully caught back up yet. So I didn't really do much. I, I went for a little ride yesterday, um, just to Pasadena and back, um, probably less than 20 miles but that was like the first time i'd been on a bike this whole weekend just because i'd go to get on it and um my head felt kind of like stuffy or weird you know what i'm saying like you know how we more like a cold feeling sort of but i didn't have any cold symptoms like i didn't have a runny nose or anything like that i just felt bad and my my stomach hurt a lot so it was kind of weird it was a Mm. weird whatever i had was weird and it could have been stress related was it has it been hot over there yeah it's been real hot Maybe it's the heat. I know sometimes I get like that. With the yeah, heat. it could have been too, because it was really, it was really warm, and that was also sapping what what I had left out of me. So I spent oh, yeah. mo- uh, most of the week end indoors, and I'm like, well, this sucks, right? However, it kind of didn't suck because there was I, I found out since I spent the whole bunch of time indoors. There was a whole bunch of stuff I did and a whole bunch of stuff I found out this week and a whole bunch of people I want to say hi to and kind of shout out. So the first thing was uh, my buddy at Dan Rides Moto, formerly Dan of Daily Bikers. Um, I think he was on episode like 23 or something like that. Basically, I used to buy everything from him uh, for all of our contests. And then when he quit doing that, I was like, dude, what am I going to do? Like he, these, all this stuff, his, his stuff was so good, you know? All of a sudden, he's like, man, I can't get this print to you because I bought one of his old prints. And um, he said, you know what? I couldn't get to the post office to send it to you because I literally was hospitalized. And he was like in the hospital getting oh, transfusions. What? Yeah, he's got I, I think he talked about it in our episode. He's already got MS. And so he had something else that attacked his um, immune system and mm. it put him down for a little bit. So, dude, I hope Dan rides moto. Uh, heals up really quickly and gets back on two wheels. I think there was a flat track race this week, and I, I didn't catch it because uh, the Nitro World Nitro Games, no, it was either the World Nitro Games, the Nitro World Games, the World of Nitro World Nitro Games of the World. Like, I don't know what it was. <laughs> but, Nitro World Nitro. <laughs> yeah, but it happened at the Utah Motorsports Campus. I think I'd mentioned it a few, I think like a few weeks ago that it was coming up. Um, yeah, basically, it's like everything you always wanted as like a young adult. Like, man, if Mototopia existed, this would be it. It's all the cool racing in one spot. So not only did they have Hooligan, um, basically they had the Hooligan Super Pole which was really cool. It was all, it was the super hooligan stuff, but they were on asphalt and it 
was kind of like a TT, but without the jump. I mean, a TT is anything I'm pretty sure that has like a right turn instead of all lefts, but they usually include a jump. Well, this was like a TT and it was also on pavement and it was at the Utah Motorsports Campus and it looked like a little kart track that they have there. So they were doing this thing called Hooligan Super Pole, which if you know what a Super Pole is, it's kind of like a time attack, you know? And Uh so all the guys got to do time attacks on this and then they took the top 12 and one LC, one guy from the LCQ and they stuck him in to like an actual race. Like after they all qualified for this thing, they put him in an actual race. So it was super cool. A lot of the guys that you see out there in freestyle motocross and in X games were also racing in the Super Bowl. Um, and how, how do the people participate? Do you have to qualify? Or, or? No, no. I, I, it was, um, you know, Travis Pastrana started uh, the Nitro Games pretty much, I think. It's basically like a spinoff of Nitro Circus. It's basically like uh, a bunch of the ex- extreme athletes get together and do an actual race series. And Nitro, oh, okay. yeah, I've watched Nitro Rallycross before, and it kind of goes hand in hand with the Red Bull it's kind of like their own separate series that kind of goes um, in conjunction with you know like the regular rally cross that I believe is put on by Red Bull yeah so the uh, the hooligan super pole was basically all the hooligan riders that you know from usually the X Games and Roland Sand stuff plus a couple guys that are known for freestyle motocross and a guy let me see who else like Stevie Bonzi was even in there and so he's a road, you know, uh, actual flat tracker with AFT. They also had a road racer that just got uh, through racing um, Pikes Peak this year. Travis Pastrana dipped in and did a little, uh, you know, stint on it. The craziest thing was Wiggins' old speed merchant team uh, mate, Josh Slay, uh, went out and did it. And he looked pretty good at first. You know, like the first few guys that go out looked pretty good. But then, you know, the last, uh-huh. like, five guys come in and, like, wipe, start wiping the floor with everybody. And Steve Bonzi actually had um, number one spot for, like, a little bit there. Tyler Berryman uh, set the fastest lap right out of, like, he was, like, the second guy to go or third guy to go. And he held on to it for quite a bit until, like, the last, like, handful of guys went. And so Josh looked pretty good. He was looking way far ahead like a road racer does. He wasn't looking. A lot of the guys are like looking straight at their front tire. And it's like, how do you know where you're going? Like, aren't you looking at the uh-huh. exit, right, at the turn? But a lot of the guys are looking st- straight at the, the front tire-ish sort of thing. And that's a little bit more flat tracky, I guess, because you already know right. you know where the turns are going to be. You're kind of looking to see to make sure you stay on your line or whatever. But Josh was looking way ahead, and he looked pretty strong, but he still only managed a third. He stayed there for quite a bit. I think he stayed there for five or six riders, and he eventually got bumped all the way down to 12th, which was the last um, transfer spot. And so he made it through, you know, without having to go to the LCQ. And a lot of the guys that were like, you know, the first handful of guys to go out ended up being bumped way out. We had, um, I think, Otley, Jim Otley, who is actually, I see him racing all the time. I used to see him at the Ivy League events, and he's actually kind of a local out here at Paris, uh, you know, at the Paris um, Southern California Flat Track Association. He was racing there. I think he got bumped into the LCQ. Um, one of the, uh, Aaron Guardado from the Suicide Machine got bumped into the LCQ can't remember everybody that got bumped into the lcq but i think there was like six guys that got bumped out so uh yeah they 
uh, one of them came back to make it in, as the 13th rider in the Super Bowl, and I forget who, who it was. But basically, um, it was pretty fun watching that stuff. Travis Pastrana was so sketch. He was on a FTR, and he looked terrible. Like, that thing was uh, just... Was it the bike, or was it him? I think it was the way he was riding it. And he had just... He literally just finished the Nitro um, Rallycross and ran straight over to the bikes, hopped on the bike, and came out. And, I, the, like, the commentators are like, you know, he just got off of four wheels. Maybe he's thinking he's got more traction or whatever, but... Uh, Maybe his brain wasn't yeah, acclimating. Yeah, and you know what? He's so, he, you know, he's an old motocross guy, so he's used to the bike digging in when you kind of give it um, a little bit of weight transfer or like or like steer it a certain way. And he was, it was definitely moving around under him a lot. And uh, Did kinda, you say this was asphalt or no? Yeah, and it was all on tarmac, right? Yeah, so it's like yeah. on, you know, like asphalt. Um, so it ended up that Andy Debrino took the top uh, took the win and I think it was like Debrino and Joe Kopp was right behind him and I forget who finished third but it was super Andy Debrino is a really good road racer and he does supermoto and now he's doing AFT he did like a lot of the hooligan stuff beforehand and now he's doing AFT uh, t- uh, singles so he's got like a lot of different disciplines under his belt and you could really tell when he went out there and was just ripping, you know what I mean? And he stayed out front pretty much consistently the whole way. Um, and that was it was a fun race to watch. It was fun seeing everybody do their own flying lap because you got to see everybody's different styles. But then when he did it at the end, or, you know, to see them together and see how far out he was in front, it was pretty sweet. The yeah, cr- how, the- how, are, how are you able to watch it? I watched it on YouTube. Uh, you can check it out on YouTube, and I think they also... Was it live, or is it, it pre-recorded? No, no, no. It just happened this weekend. And so you you could watch it live on their Facebook page, which some of it uh, I caught on the Facebook page, some of it. The Super Bowl stuff I didn't. I had to go back and watch that on YouTube. So it's live right mm-hmm. now if you want to go to YouTube. Just, oh. just search for Nitro Games 2019, and it should pop up. But the craziest things that blew my mind was... Um, the freestyle motocross guys because they're jumping off these huge ramps and they're landing on you know the, the whole stunt show is on asphalt it's not like mm. out on dirt or anything so the dude the dude that won I think his name was Davey Johnson oh no no Davey Johnson didn't win but he did one of my favorite tricks he's riding his bike and then he jumps and he does a 360 you know he's got the bars in his hand and he does a 360 but the bike stays going straight what? Yeah. And I'm like, So what? he, like a backflip? No, no, no. Like a 360 spin uh, so like a over Bruce the Lee bike. Type spin? Yeah. But he never like, but he never let go of the handlebars. <laughs> so he's Stretch Armstrong? How does that work? <laughs> exactly. So here's the deal. When I was looking at it, when he first pulled up, he kind of wasn't oh, stopping. I gotta see this. Yeah, this yeah. This sounds insane. It's called a decade, I guess. And it's a... It's a BMX trick because BMXs have these things, these gyros on them. Since they don't have like um, brake, hydraulic brake cables or, you know, going down to them, they have these little gyros where there's like a mechanical. My friend used to have a GT with it, with the, with this on it. And it was some sort of weird gyro that you have the, um, the cables going to the top of the gyro so you can pull the levers. 
And then on the bottom of the gyro, there's another thing that like actuates the bottom half of the cable. So your brake cable isn't one cable going to each brake. It's two cables because only half of it goes down to the handlebars, like where the head tube is. And then the other half goes, hooks to the gyro and goes back to the actual cables. And it would, it would, Who did this trick? Um, this dude's name was Davey Johnson. And so okay. on, on BMX bikes, you could sit there and spin the handlebars around and around and around and around, and they would never bind up because your brake cables wouldn't. Obviously, on a regular brake cable, you can only do that once before your brake cables don't spin around the frame anymore, right? Like they uh-huh. get caught up around the gooseneck. And so this special gyro thing helped it. And when he was pulling up to do the jump, I was like, oh, he's kind of sketched the way he's stopping. Well, it's because he didn't have a front brake hooked up. He just had the back brakes. So he didn't have any hydraulic lines or anything going down to the front wheel. So that's why he was able to spin around in the air. There I'm was like trying to find this on YouTube. I can't find yeah, it. This, yeah. I gotta see this. Yeah, look up decade FMX decade Davey Johnson. Uh, D-A-V-I, I think is how he spells his name. So yeah, he had some special rig like on his handlebars that let him spin them around. And then before he lands, as he's coming down in the air, you can see him um, kind of click them back into his place. You know what I'm saying? So like whatever it was that he used, he unlocked it right as he went off the jump spins around while he's holding onto the handlebar still but the bike stays you know the bike stays going straight and then right right before he lands it you can see him click it back like lock it in or whatever and then he lands it and i was like dude and people were like how did he just spin around like not letting go of the handlebars right like motorcycle handlebars don't spin around like that (laughs) so that was pretty cool and then the the other thing that blew my mind was the quarter pipe which was basically the high jump um, the dudes, I think Corey Creed and Colby Raha, they were in the Super Bowl. They did terrible because they're like FMX guys, right? They're not flat trackers or street racers. But on the quarter pipe, those dudes were hucking it. And they measure where the top, where the highest part of the rider goes. But they were getting the wheels up past 50 feet in the air. Like there, oh, wow. there was a pole that went up to 49 feet and then at 50 was the top. And they were getting the tires up that high, but their head, you know, they were like upside down trying to get pushed right. the bikes up. But they measure height from where the riders, like the lowest part of the rider. So their Got heads, it. they were like literally, their heads, I think um, uh, Corey Creed won it at 45 feet, 7 inches. And wow. dude, so he's 40, his head's 45 feet and he's literally looking up five feet at his back tire which is like he's pushing up to the 50 foot mark you know what i'm saying so like he's, insane, it yeah. was so crazy these guys were just flying through the air so i gotta watch that and i thought that was pretty you know for being sick and not feeling well at least i gotta watch some fun motorcycle stuff that um you don't usually see you know the nitro games is something special kind of like x games where it's like extreme people doing extreme things and so it was kind of fun and and it was i think even better than the x games hooligan racing where you just have to watch a bunch of guys on the the same track it was kind of cool to see them do one at a time on a tt because i like i like going left and right let's face it and i like (laughs) i like tarmac i don't like you know i like i love flat track but it was really cool to see them using these bikes in a different way yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. So that happened, and we did the Nokomoto mashup this week. If you listen to Nokomoto, you could hear us talking. There was a um, episode or a segment called "Made Up Motorcycle," and I think that was hilarious. Dude, Swiggy <laughs> submitted the uh, serial killers, right? And yeah. we were saying like, what would the Kaczynski be? And holy crap, we almost nailed it. Pete emailed me uh, or texted me just 
maybe it was Monday or Tuesday, there is an actual bike called the Kaczynski, and it is a small displacement <laughs> bike. Um, and it is it looks like Kawasaki, like they totally ripped off the Kawasaki font because it's like some East Asian. Is it like, I was going to say, is it Chinese? Yeah, it's like somewhere in... in in the uh, Asian or Southeast Asian like motor, uh, motorcycle company, it's a super small displacement, like a one fifty. So something you can like buy, like yeah. manufacture it. Yeah, oh, wow. I forget the I forget the name you of the. Oh, dude, I'll, I'll forward it to you. Yeah, it's funny, dude. It, it looks like a little vintage Kawasaki, and it's called the Kaczynski, and it's so funny. And when he looked up the bike, it, I think it actually said what we said. They needed something that sounded <laughs> like a generic. Uh, white guy name because in Asia that's like more exotic you know what I'm saying so it's totally funny We who, who knew we made up a bike and it yeah, actually exists it, uh, Kaczynski that sounds like a like Polish yeah thing. well Ted Kaczynski was the Unabomber and so that's why yeah I, I know that yeah I yeah the name. <laughs> and so they obviously didn't do their research on it before they made oh, this bike this bike is awesome yeah yeah okay so you're looking at it yeah yeah it's this- pretty cool and then also, I found out for future episodes of this show, there is actually, um, this is going to trip you out, but I found out that like just last month or the month before, um, somebody has made a group on Facebook called Roast My Bike. Oh, yeah. I'm very excited about that. Yeah. This. They got some good on there. They got some funny stuff. Yeah. I, I, that, I, I don't have Facebook um at all, but you, you'll have to send me some of the good the good roasts on there because it uh, it sounds like it's pretty amazing. I, I like the you can get a lot of people in the group to roast because that's what oh, makes it fun. <laughs> there's like 500 people in that group, so that's great. Yeah, yeah. In the background, I don't know if you guys can hear. I ha- I actually have a song for roast my bike. I should I should send it there and make a dumb video and be like, dude, we have this segment on our show. Please feel free to chime in. I did see the wheel nerds on there, and they were getting their uh, gear roasted, which was easy to do because they look really stupid in their arrow stitches. <laughs> but and they're super bright arrow stitches, I might add. But yeah, so they they'll even roast your gear. And if you're the wheel nerds and you beg for it, uh, mission accomplished. Um, and that was almost all all of it. Um, I did want to say I forwarded the I I did listen to a, a podcast over the weekend too. It's called Business Wars and it's by Wandry and Wandry does a lot of good. They're a network that does kind of like investigative journalism and story uh, reporting and stuff like that, like more storied produced stuff. A little bit like this show should be, huh? <laughs> um, but anyway, they got they're on season twenty six right now and they have. Uh, their their show called Business Wars, where they look into like uh, a well known brand and they kind of tell you the history about it and like the ups and downs of it. So right now, uh, I'm listening to the episode or uh, season twenty six happens to be about Harley Davidson, and it's really 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 good. And it starts out and I, I think they got episode one and two swapped around um, because number one starts in the post World War. Two or like right around World War Two, and episode number two starts in 1903. So I think they swapped the episode one and two around, even though they announce them correctly when they're talking about them. But it's a really cool thing. You hear about how Harley Davidson uh, started with a tomato can as a friggin' carburetor 
you know, mm. an Indian, and, and not only Indian, but like Merkel, Thor, um, Douglas, there's a, or maybe Douglas, I forget if Douglas was American or British, but you know, before 1929 and the Great Depression, there was like a hundred motorcycle manufacturers, not in the world, in the U.S. There was like just like a ton because uh-huh. the motorcycles were basically a bicycle with the, front, with the motor on it, right? So there was a ton, and Wizard was one of them, the ones that they mentioned. Yeah, it's kind of a shame that uh, it's not like that anymore. Right. It, 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 that's what made it, because I, I think I watched a documentary, or I don't know if I listened to another podcast, talking about some of the developments of motorcycles yeah. at the turn of the century. And there, there were so many people just like putting out some like, you know, wonky stuff, but yeah. there was a highly competitive, um, energy oh, yeah. know, amongst the builders. And it was exciting just to see that, you know, at during that time, unfortunately it's, you know, it's not that easy to yeah. do anymore. You have like builders, but you don't really have. Right. Well, it, you know. and it is interesting because they delve into some of this stuff like, um, like Wiggins is always talking about the angels and like, yeah, I ride a Harley cause people will get out of your way. But the, the, I don't want to spoil any of the show, but the thing is, is that Harley Davidson hated that for yeah. ever for a long, long time. They were a clean cut group of guys that were, you know, people, people that rode motorcycles weren't one percenters, you know what I'm saying? Right. And they were, t- they totally hated the movie, the wild one. They hated the whole sixties and seventies. And I reviewed, if you go back and listen to like episode, probably like, Five through episode like fifteen, I reviewed like the worst bi- bike exploitation films in the world, and he mentioned some of them on the show the other day. Uh, just the, the episode five, I believe it was, talking about how Harley was getting publicity that they didn't want via all these like '60s movies that were like ripoffs of Easy Rider, you know, uh-huh, uh-huh. and um, and even pre Easy Rider. I think there was a movie called Hell's Angels on Wheels '69 that was about the See, Hell's I- Angels. I find it interesting that they would, you know, turn their nose up at... I know because that's kind of like the attitude amongst other exploitation films is it's kind of split. Some people think it's good because it brings visibility to the group. And then there's like the other people who are like, oh, it's it's literally exploitation. But me and my girlfriend talk about this a lot. And I think I think it's good because you have more visibility of people on motorcycles and like it kind of makes it brings that <laughs> exciting energy. You yeah. Know? So you do, but most of those movies, even easy rider, the dudes on the motorcycles are robbing banks or doing drugs <laughs> and then riding your product around to do it. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah. and all those bike exploitation films was about, was about somebody not liking not real life. I don't think anyone ooh, watches that. And uh, it's like, Ooh, if I get a Harley, I'm going to be a bank robber. You get, <laughs> they get a Harley, they get the leathers, they try to look badass, and it's just an attitude. But at the, at the well, end of the day, they're just a lawyer or a dentist. And right. you know, well, that's what I'm saying. That's the guys they want to sell these things. Things too, and so that's why they're mad that like all these scumbags were riding them in the fifties uh, and sixties. But 60s, I think it's funny because right? I think it actually did the other. Uh, did the other people? That's why a lot of guys do get Harleys. I think. I think they get it because they do want to be tough guy. Well, I think that that image has changed because in the fifties and sixties, that was not the majority of the people. Nowadays, we're so segmented as society, and there's so many different. There wasn't like, you know, maybe back in the 50s, there was like the greasers and then everybody else, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then the beatniks right. and everybody else. There And the beatniks probably were not into motorcycles, you know what I'm saying? I right. This is, a, I'm, this is a totally unfounded what I'm saying, but 
they weren't as quiet like they are today. We're like, yeah, you're badass if you ride a motorcycle. Huh? They had to beg people. Motorcycles were replacement for horses, first off. And then, and I think they actually talk about that. And then, so they were more of a tool. You know what I'm saying? And then cars came along and ruined everything. Because I think cars didn't come around until about 19... 10, I want to say. So motorcycles had it real good. And then 10 years later, Henry Ford messes everything up for these like (laughs) hundred or so motorcycle companies that existed in the U S and it's a really interesting thing. And they always talk about the Indian and Harley rivalry, but they kind of clue you in. And I've read this before the the guys, the, the owners of the company were actually like buddies. I forget if it was like Davidson and, um, and Hendy, or if it was uh, Harley and Hendy, but they were actually really good friends. They were gearheads, so they'd get together and talk about it. They actually did some... You should listen to the episode, because I'm going to blow it here, but there was some... Yeah, yeah, don't give it away. Yeah, there was price-fixing and backdoor deals that were made in order to keep... Yeah, lots of drama. Yeah, there was some stuff that people don't typically, like, know about the companies today, and they just, they go off of the... uh, the, what's, What's better, the lore and the rumor... Or the actual facts, you know. So this kind of uncovers a lot of the facts. Um, it's pretty cool, and the fact that it's like uh, shows you the pros and cons of having a, a somebody else to be t- to compete with you with, and the yeah. and it, they go through the good and the bad. So they go they're with Harley from the beginning when they were terrible. Then they get better, partially because they're the only one, <laughs> and then they get yeah. worse again, and then they are just now moving the, I listened to episode five. It's a six part series and episode five came out today. Um, so yeah, hopefully by next week, if you guys start listening, you can binge it. And yeah, get the that last sounds week. really cool. It's I mean, good. if anyone, if anyone's a nerd like me, I, I'm secretly a really big nerd and it reminds me, do you ever listen to the stuff you should know podcast? Oh yeah. I, I used to a lot and I, I've, yeah, it's really fascinating because they'll, they'll choose a topic. Like I know there was one where they started talking, talking about i think it was samsung and they just gave this history of like all how i think they started i might be wrong but it was like something about clothes and like it's really fascinating because you see how these big you know brand names that are like pretty much like an everyday household name that we know i mean you ask anyone what a harley is and people know what a harley is you Mm -hmm. know but then to learn the history of it it's, I, I think that stuff's really cool. Yeah. I really like things Me like too, that. especially when they change. And I think we've talked about this before. Ducati was a made um, radio equipment. Ducati was ma- radio manufacturers. Mm. And then they got, they were making, you know, obviously being Italian, they were making stuff for the Axis powers during World War II. They got the shit bombed out of them. And then they were, weren't allowed as part of, I think, like uh, war reparations, they weren't allowed to make radios anymore because then anywhere there's a radio, you could be making, you know, doing some secret war shit again. So they're like, listen, dude, we just, this whole country just got bombed to smithereens. Motorcycles and bicycles is the only way people can get around right now because cars are expensive. We don't have money because mm-hmm. we were just, uh, you know, basically bombed the hell out of and or taken over by war, right? And we're paying reparations, so let's make some cheap transportation. And Ducati makes uh, motorcycles, you know? So it is interesting where companies, when you learn the history of them, I think it's cool. And I think for people, even though Harley has started as a motorcycle company and is still one, I think people will enjoy this Wondery series, even if they work at Harley 
and maybe don't know the whole history of the company they work for. I think it'd be cool. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting, like fast forward, like, you know, 20 years from now, 30 years from now, if they're still around. I always find it interesting to see how these companies grow because they're in, you know, a growing phase now with getting into the electric game. And, you know, that's a really big, big uh, introduction into their inventory. And I'm fascinated to, I'm kind of watching just to see how it's received and how, what they're going to do from there, you know, in the first iteration. And then how are they going to develop it? Are they going to go full electric? You know, like I'm fascinated with, with that. Yeah, how that's gonna play out? Yeah, for sure, it's cool. And and as these things go on, I'd love to learn more about myself, about some of these uh, companies that we see today. And like, we're on the brink. We're like on this weird like event horizon right now, where motorcycles are not only changing the type of fuel, but also like going to electric. Um, and also, some people are working on hydrogen. And I think we're on the brink right now of this weird like new transitional period that like 50 years from now when we're dead like people look back and be like man that was kind of like the like 50s for motorcycling or whatever when people were going away from certain types of bikes and things started getting popular because technology was changing right yeah i think we're Mm -hmm. like on the precipice right now it's really interesting um the last thing i have to say before i want to hear what you know get into the stuff you did is that i saw that rusty butcher uh, their whole warehouse flooded. Oh uh, yeah. Supposedly via I just learned today via a toilet. <laughs> uh some sewage lines. I was wondering, I was like when I saw all the water on the Instagram cuz I kind of saw it like literally like 20 minutes after he posted it. And I was like, I wonder if someone just took a massive dump. Yeah. Because if it if it was the toilet like I'm I'm curious if they know who <laughs> who backed it up or Yeah. Well, luckily it, luckily it wasn't poop water. It was like the main line right. in uh just never stopped um filling and so the cl- luckily it was the clean clear water. Uh, backed up and just kept filling up and filling up and just flooded the whole shop. That was so much water. It was insane to see all of that water everywhere. Did you see all the boxes piled out front? All all that merch is done. Well, the thing is, is he, he was getting, it was interesting. He's, he's got a lot of supporters. You know, I support Rusty Butcher. I really, I kind of discovered him right when he was coming out and I was like, oh, this dude's kind of cool. Some people hate him. They think he's a hipster they call him a culture vulture, whatever. People have some some conflicting views, but I always I dug I dug his stuff. I dug the style, and um, but his inventory was in boxes, just on the floor, and I'm just like ah, that he learned that lesson the hard way. It really sucks. Yeah. But. Well, the thing is too is that with the warehouse. Uh, I mean, I guess maybe you keep your stuff on pallets in a huge warehouse. Well, see, yeah, that's the thing is I've worked in invent, uh, in retail for 15 years. And that's one of the things I learned working in retail is you never, ever, ever put boxes on the floor. Because yeah. I can tell you how many times being I worked in logistics. So I did handled all of the inventory in the back. And we've had floods We've when it's rainy. We've had leaks. I've encountered all different things. And the number one thing is you never put a, a, a um, cardboard box directly on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> and he had all of the cardboard boxes. That's like as, a, as an inventory manager, when I saw that, I was like, no. Yeah. Well, and the, the problem is that everyone wants a free shirt now, but yeah. he he can't sell them because of, I think the uh, he, he made a statement that the insurance has to see him. 
Uh, and so and he, he can't give any away. He also posts. He. This is the thing that I like about him. He does have brand. He cares about brand integrity. And love him or hate him, if you want to hate him, go ahead. But I think he wrote a message where he said he cares about his customers and the water in the um, clothes. He said just smelled really stinky, like stale. Yeah. Like if you ever leave your towel and wet. Yeah, and yeah, damp. yeah. Yeah, and so he said he didn't want his name, even if he gave the shirts at a very exclusively discounted price, he didn't want that to make his brand look bad. Yeah, well, He doesn't want his customers having smelly shirts, even if they want it at a, a discounted deal. Right, and not so even I, smelly I shirts. For that. Yeah, but not even smelly, but moldy. I mean, and right. the mildew, if that's what you're smelling is mildew, then yeah, that's a health you're giving health problems away at a, at a cheap price. I can see where he did the right thing with that. And I agree. And I was thinking, oh man, it sucks. Cause like think of how much could have got donated to homeless people, but still like, you don't want to give away when something's ruined, it's ruined. Like don't give away yeah. a ruined thing. Um, well, so yeah. They can turn them into shop rags. I mean, that would be one way is cut them uh, off, turn them into yeah, shop rags. Yeah. I mean, that's a hell of a, he's already hurting. I mean, that was already a yeah. big, big, if you saw how many boxes were out front of the store in his yeah, story, it was, it was a lot. It was it was just basically a warehouse full of yeah. cardboard boxes that the, got The destroyed. cool thing is that I think he said he's got the printing companies back and helping him right away getting stuff back in, you know, another he'll have another run basically to do his little box releases that he normally does. So that is pretty cool that he's getting it figured out A S A P. Um so, did we talk about um, the alternator and generator thing that we talked about last week? People came away more confused. Did I tell you that? <laughs> I am not surprised. Yeah. <laughs> that was a very so here's- confusing conversation to begin with. I think people were confused in the Discord chat. When we were talking, yeah. I was confused. So there was all sorts of confusion. So here's the deal. They both do the same thing. They that I I know I I rambled on for twenty minutes too long. It should have been like a two minute conversation. They both do the same thing. Higher end bikes have alternators because uh, they can put out more power if they need to. With and with the generator, you're getting everything all at once. Like you're getting max power. All that's why people like we were saying you can burn out your stator on a generator because you're trying to plug more accessories in and it's giving you max power all the time. And what it isn't getting is going back into the battery. I think that's why alternators don't um, use up as much battery is because they can only take out a little, they draw less from the battery. So that's why your battery lasts longer. But I think you were right. Like I think generators recharge Thank batteries. Thank you. Can I get a round of applause for that one? Yeah. <laughs> I think the generators. Because I was insisting that. And then I was like, okay, well, uh, maybe I'm wrong. I mean, well, no, I mean, I'm not an expert on it. Yeah, so yeah me knows? neither. And, and, and one thing that, here's the one thing that I noticed after listening to last week's episode, you kept saying, and I was kind of like, not hearing what you were saying, you were asking me oh, if really? Al- yeah, yeah, yeah. Do I do that ever? No. <laughs> you were asking me if uh, alternators have the regulator in the housing, and right, and I was like thinking, you know, obviously generators have a separate regulator, but you weren't talking about that. You're talking about alternators. Are they in the same housing? My answer to that is going to be, it depends, because on a car, because it the the regulator is separate. 
it is a separate whole separate thing, but it can be in the same housing as an alternator sometimes, depending on their design. So yeah, because I did a little bit of research on it, and the research that I was finding was that a lot of times on motorcycles it was. So that's why my impression was that it was together. But we don't. We don't. I don't think we need to go down. Yeah, <laughs> this I just want to. Corey was like, I'm even more confused now. Like after <laughs> listening to the show, I just want to say it doesn't matter. They both do the same thing. It's just that one's more efficient than the other. That's all. And that's all. why we have the, the warning at the beginning of the show that yeah. nothing we say is factual. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we had all the facts. We were spewing them all at the same time, and we didn't really need to go down 20 minutes of... I think I after listening, I was like, I think I said that like three times. Like I explained <laughs> the same thing three times. So oh, yeah. didn't need to do that. <laughs> Just don't worry about it. If you if you have a bike with an alternator, good for you. If you have one with a stator, as long as it works, you're good. Don't, yeah, don't and if you have one with a generator uh, and you need to put more accessories on it, then you need to get a better, bigger stator for it, and then a bigger yes. reg rack. Yes, and that is Jay true. will Jay will forward the links to some good ones for you. <laughs> um, yeah, moving on, man. We are coming in. It's so cool. I can how I can see your little cursor going to what we're talking oh, to. You can see me. <laughs> uh, this is like live. This is this is so <laughs> meta. Just kidding. I don't even know what why people say that. Is it really that meta? I don't know. Um, so yeah, Jay, I you did a bunch of cool stuff this week. You got some banana underwear. You got a banana shirt, and you got. A banana on your head. What else did you get? Banana? The shirt, the <laughs> underwear, and what? The socks. Uh, bananas everywhere. It was it was For day real. week of the bananas. Yeah, socks, underwear, shirt. I'm set. I was super excited, dude. Bam. Um, and why were you at Target? You were. Talking, uh, we you were talking about your SD helmet. Book. Yeah, you were talking about your helmet and your center earlier, and then you said Target, and I. Yeah, I was looking for the SD cards because, uh, like I said, I had the. Is it? Do you pronounce it Cena or Senna? Senna. Senna. Okay, it's I've been saying things, it's Cena forever. Yeah, it's one of those things that a lot of people get wrong. Apparently. Oh yeah, uh, there's a lot of those instances in the motorcycle world I've mm-hmm. discovered because I usually pronounce them wrong. <laughs> Like you, um, like when you uh, ride around with your Akrapovich pike on your motorcycle. I for the longest time. I mean, I've been riding motorcycles for a while now, and I when the conversation about that pipe would uh, come upon, and I would be in in the conversation, I would always get sweaty because I can't <laughs> pronounce it. So I would just avoid saying. <laughs> we'd be talking about exhaust, and someone would be talking. I'd be like, "Oh yeah, I really like that pipe," but I cannot. Yeah. Even now, I, I cannot properly you know, pronounce it. There's another pipe that I got wrong that I, you know, so everybody thinks, everybody looks at it and either they speak Czechoslovakian and they get it right or they don't and they get it wrong. And a lot of people say Akrapovic. And if you don't know what we're talking about, look on any uh, BMW. It comes as like an option on BMWs and I think KTMs. Akrapovic is what it looks Akrapo- like. And Acre- see, I can't even say Ac- Akrapovic. It looks like Akrapovic. It's actually pronounced Akrapovic, which sounds Acro- much more Czechoslovakian, which I believe yes. is where it's made. It's made in the Czech Republic or whatever. So it's Akrapovic. Looks like Akrapovic. You know what? I used, I messed up for the longest time till I heard somebody say the name was, you know, the Leo Vince exhausts? Have yeah. You, have you ever seen those? Did you uh, know? Yeah. Did you know it's Leo, uh, Leo Vinci? Shut up, are you? Are yeah, because it's Italian. <laughs> it's Leo Vinci. It makes sense. And I was yeah, like, I saw oh, one yeah. of the stunt. I don't remember who the stunt writer is, 
that I follow, he got a, a short can on, on his stunt bike. It's gorgeous. It's absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. How do you, so, how do you pronounce it? Vince? Leo Vince. Leo Vince. And if you speak Italian or are familiar with Italian, that makes total sense. It's exactly what it looks says in Italian. But if you're a, a dumb redneck like me and you just see Leo Vince, you're like, oh, Leo Vince must make those things. That's exactly how I read it in my head, too, when Leo I saw him Vince. showing off. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, Leo Vince, okay. I wonder who Leo Vince is. No, Leo Vince. I think it's Italian for Green Lion. No, I don't know what it, what it is. But next thing you know, we're going to see like in a, we're going to be like, that's a nice Yosh uh, pipe. And they're going to be, you mean, you mean Yashai Miura or, you know, like we're going to be <laughs> <laughs> pronouncing Yoshimura wrong the whole time. Oh, so, yeah. Uh, it's going to be great. But yeah, so you're looking for a Senna. To bring this full circle, you do pronounce it Senna. You were right, even though you've been saying oh, yeah. Senna. Yeah. Uh, so I have the, a while back, um, my Senna headset took a dump. And I was really pissed about it because I had it for like maybe a, a year, barely. And um, the button for the camera is on the top facing up. And so every time I turn on the headset, I always turn on the camera. So you got to imagine if I have two jobs and it's both of my jobs require traveling and I get to the place, take the helmet off, turn everything off. I'm there for like 20 minutes to an hour. Then I have to go to my next destination. So this, I'm getting on and off the motorcycle maybe 10 times a day. So I'm turning on the camera, what, turning it on and off about 20 times. So it got a lot of use. And the, the button on top just basically, when I went to press it, it uh, just imploded. It went down. And the, <laughs> it never it just, came back up. <laughs> Well, I had to pull. I pulled it out with tweezers to inspect because I have. I, I'm not a, an electrical engineer, but I have dabbled and I know my way a little bit around circuitry. So I was like, okay, let's see, you know, where the the failure was. And this little button, the little actuator button, was like the size of a pinhead, and basically the two solder points were. It practically the the width of a hair, like Yikes. it was just really really fragile. Special and Korean like soldering <laughs> material to even right. Get that. And there was the thing is is that it didn't look like there was any structure or architecture in there to um, be underneath the button. So if you're putting you know, pressure on it, I think it was like maybe a piece of plastic. Maybe it was sit, sitting on top of of a piece of plastic. So it wasn't meant to be used as frequently as I apparently used it. So I had posted on my Instagram, I was kind of like, man, this really sucks. And somebody put me in touch with someone and I was able to get a warranty um, upgrade. And so they sent me uh, an, a new headset, the 10C Pro. And the oh, irony, the irony of this all Okay, get ready for the irony. Um, my camera stopped working, and so I didn't have a headset. And then when they went to send, they fulfilled the warranty, I got into the accident. The camera that oh, I had no. bought in the meantime to install on my motorcycle, the file was corrupted. So I have no video footage of the accident. And literally... 
the day after my accident, guess what I got in the mail? The <laughs> replacement. I got the replacement headset. And I, I've, you know, I've had headsets where, you know, the, the helmet has hit the ground and whatever, but I've never had issues with the, the SD card being corrupted. So I, I know in my mind that if I was wearing the headset, I would have video footage right now of my accident. So I was like, oh, man, the irony. I messaged the person who fulfilled my order because I had been discussing with her. And I was like, oh, man, this sucks. If I would have gotten it a day earlier, yeah. <laughs> it would have helped me out a lot. But That's crazy. Yeah, so I have the headset, and I, I only got to test it out yesterday. And so um, the only issue or one of the issues that I've noticed is that well, first of all, I don't know the difference between this and the previous model besides the body upgrade because it actually doesn't offer a larger SD card compatibility because my previous headset, the 10C, I was able to put 128 gig um, card in there. Yeah. And anyone who knows me, I mean, I'm constantly on the bike, so I have, I probably, if I was to save all of my video footage in a week, it would probably be maybe a terabyte God. worth of footage. That is, I mean, that's because, hours and hours and hours and hours. Well, yeah, and also the, the, I mean, that's also higher quality. So it's not like, you know, I'm not writing 10 hours a day. But um, it, I did, like I said, I'm writing a lot. And so, and I would record every time I'd get on the bike. And so um, I need a larger... SD card because the the footage um, it just racks up really quickly. So I yesterday or the on Tuesday when I was writing the it wasn't accepting the the SD card, which is why I ended up trying to go to Best Buy. And so that's that's one of the downsides that I've noticed to the to the Pro. So um, we'll see how it goes once I start writing. We'll see how it. It records. I don't know about the quality of the video. Yet yeah, I, I, I was going to say, what's the di what are the main differences between the 10C and the 10C Pro? That's what I was trying to figure out. If anybody knows, I mean, from the website, the specs, like if it doesn't accept 128 gig, it, that, that doesn't seem as good as the previous model. Does it have different um, um, inputs, though, for audio then? Um, like does the Pro have like a mic input or something just Yeah, different? supposedly it has like this mixer, like an auto mixer so that it can um, adjust the levels of audio. So like say I get a phone call, if that audio is louder, it supposedly doesn't is able yeah. to. But I, I can't speak to any of that because I, I didn't, I was searching all over the house, but all we have is um, either really old SD cards that are like 10 years old and they're like, I laughed when I saw one of them because it was like, it was like 128 megabytes or something <laughs> like that. And I was just like, this won't do anything. Yo, dude, this will save like, one picture. Yeah, you remember those days when we used to like have things that were that size? Dude, but, I yeah, like the first computers I ever worked on at school were 128s. And now I'm like, that's yep. like barely the size of a picture. How do we, oh, how yeah. do, we do yeah, that? Yeah, exactly. So, what sort of um, information and spyware are we putting in every file now? That well, we it's everything back in the day was text. You didn't have all of that's the. True. It's all the images and the video, 4K video. That's true. And all it of was that. all on a green screen and it was text, so you didn't need yeah, it was just anything. Basically text, yeah. Right? 
That's true. Um, but yeah, no, but, I, I, yeah. if anybody knows and if anybody is familiar and uses it for music and phone calls and stuff like that, maybe that's where they had to redivert some of the from the video or well, something. This, maybe they had to redivert it to the audio and give you protection. Yeah, so I don't, I think, I, I don't know. We'll see if the buttons do seem, seem more robust. Like the whole unit itself does seem more robust than the previous um, model. So that's a plus. I appreciate that. Um, they have one that's called the Evo. So um, that one supposedly has 4K video, and the one that I have is t- 2K. Um, I never had issues with like quality of video. It wasn't you know mind blowing uh, you know visuals. But I don't do like moto vlogs, so I don't record to like have you know, a YouTube channel. So yeah. I'm not as concerned about that. The reason I carry it is literally for liability. If I get into an accident or if something happens, I have evidence of the situation and living in Los Angeles and working in Los Angeles. Like that's the one thing I immediately learned really quickly is you want to have video all the time when you're on the bike, because you just never know what's going to happen. And, um, Oops. My screen's going dark here. There we go. Yeah. So. Yeah. I And I'm not, obviously, I barely have a helmet that works good. So, I mean, I'm not like a gear <laughs> junkie. So, I, I, I wish I knew myself the. Yeah, that's the thing is, that's what I really liked about Senna. What drew me to them was that they have its audio and video and phone integrated. And I couldn't find any other companies that really had something competitive to offer which is a bit of a letdown because, you know, it's there's not a lot of s- stuff to pick from. And I would think that in the motorcycle world, you'd have more companies trying to innovate. Senna is a big technology. one, but I, but there is um, Pack Talk, which is by Cardo, right? Yeah. And so they they were actually working on a lot of stuff. And I think they're actually working on like the near field technology or whatever where that you don't have to sync up like that that used to be a problem for a lot of the pods i listened to that use sennas you would have to sync up and right but does it my thing is mine isn't as much about the audio it's more about the video video right yeah video and audio together basically i bet you the 10c pro has like a better mix than for for making video whereas the other one was maybe more segmented or something like that. I bet you that's part of the pro thing. To like- me, honestly, like I was looking at the spec sheet last night, comparing them. And again, like I said, there's not a whole lot of difference there. I think they're going towards more of this new one that's called the Evo, which is much more slimline and it looks pretty badass, but that's not the one they sent me. But um, I think that's, that's their next level one that I think they're going to be more doing that style. Hmm. So, yeah. One of these days I'm going to actually get with it and get like a helmet, uh, probably a Senna because I really like the stuff that I've seen from them. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, Senna, I think they're working on a helmet that has, there's, I've seen several. That's the one exciting thing that I have seen. So I'm a bit of a tech, uh, a gear junkie. I'm a gear nerd. And so, cause I've tried, I've gone through so much gear and, um, so I, I get excited about these things, but I'm, I'm ready for, I've been seeing the exciting thing is helmets that have all of that stuff integrated. 
So I've seen, I think Built has one. Yeah, you know, for Seven sure. Yeah, Built has a couple. I want to say Scorpion's got one too. I think yeah. Icon's coming out with one. And I did hear that Senna is, I think, coming out yeah, with so one. Yeah, so I think that's the future. And that is what excites me because having just having it on, in the helmet will be great because it's a pain in the ass having something external, having it all built in. Ashley and I have been talking about this for years. We're like, when is this technology going to come out? You know, it's just such a pain in the ass. Um, having all of these external accessories. So I'm excited about that evolution and and what's going to... I think there will be more competition in that field. So I think that's what uh, the companies have been putting their research and development into, is just getting the full, the full integrated helmet gear yeah. situation. Yeah. And uh, as you find out more, please let us know. Like, I'd be interested in seeing... Yeah, I mean, I would love to talk more about this stuff. Like I said, I'm a gear nerd, and I've I've used a lot of different types of gear over the years. And I, I, the thing, and this is where Ashley and I are like, we should just do a YouTube channel because we love Revzilla. This is opinion. This is my opinion. But um, I started buying stuff off of Revzilla pretty much almost since day one when I started riding motorcycles on the street, like almost seven, a little over seven years ago. And um, uh, their reviews were great. So I was like, oh, this is awesome. They break it down. They tell you, like, it can do this, it can't do that. And I was like, this is so sick. Like, no one really else out there was doing that, that was selling motorcycle gear. And the videos were really slick, and you got to see what it looked like up close. And it was just really fantastic production. But the thing that Ashley and I discovered, and Ashley discovered this with her boots, She's gone through like three different, three or four different sets of different brand boots. What they don't tell you is durability because we ride every day. And so like we really test our gear. We put it through its paces and she learned real quick that one, she had just one brand. I'm not going to name it. I don't remember it. (laughs) And I'm also like, I'm putting them on blast. But uh, she was, I'm not going to put them on blast. But there was this one brand where she bought it and she wore it for a month and her commute is almost a hundred miles round trip. And she rode it every day, every day in them. And within 30 days, and this is not an exaggeration, within 30 days, they were literally falling apart. The stitching was coming out. The, the sole was practically separating from the, the body of the shoe. It, the part that where the extra leather supposedly that's supposed to be reinforced where the shift peg goes just it it looked like she had been wearing them for three years it had like practically like ripped open it was all tattered and and fraying were they from, from 30 days of use yeah was this so, a payless brand of <laughs> no and it was not cheap especially it was ironic because as women any women listeners out there know oftentimes women gear will be more expensive than men's gear and it's frustrating because we have less less um options but then oftentimes we'll have to pay more and so it was not a cheap boot and thankfully revzilla was really great they they did a return and she was able to get a different brand so it was really cool that they um honored you know the warranty on the shoes yeah but that's the thing is, you know, learning about gear that's been used. 
it, it, it's it's that's what I always look for when I look for reviews, and I think that you know I can <laughs> I can bring that to the table for sure. So yeah, yeah. Um, we're getting close here to the to the end, but there is one last thing you. Um, you guys were busy with that. I hope you guys figure out the technical difficulties that you have or had because otherwise you didn't necessarily waste a trip to the store after finding a lot of banana merch, but you did. Oh no, it was totally worth it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you did get some uh, non-compatible hardware. Let's say that. And, well, I have uh, the, the SD cards are in the mail. I ordered them off of uh, jeffbezos.com and um, they should be arriving this week. So I should be posting up some videos of the quality of the headset very soon. So I'm excited about that. I look forward to getting, getting that all set up. All righty. That's going to be awesome. And to take us out, uh, Jay, you had one more thing here on the list of stuff you wanted to yak about. I'm going to let you run with this. Okay. I feel like I've been like really talking a lot. <laughs> A lot on this one. Uh, yeah, this is the J Show. Yeah, this is the J Show. <laughs> Dude, what do I know about te- headsets and technology? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I don't want to be a downer. I just wanted to say, you know, about the Jesse Combs passing. That really, you know, as a writer and being female, um, meeting her in person, I I had that opportunity and uh, several times I was able to meet her and and hang out with her for a bit uh, at Babes Ride Out and the women's uh, motorcycle show that was at Lucky Wheels and a couple of other, uh, she she always was like at a lot of events, you know, she was around, you know, people knew her. And she, she was just like, she was doing so much stuff, not just motorcycle related. Like she had, she was on TV. She had her own projects that she was working with, like this land speed thing project that she was working on. So, uh, she knew a lot of people, but when I met her uh, and, and spoke with her at the time, I didn't know she had a television show and I didn't know really that much about her. Cause sometimes I can live under a rock. Cause I would be so busy with work. And then when I found out afterwards, Ashley was talking about, she has like a TV show. I was like, what? Like yeah, her few, energy, a couple of, a couple of few. Yeah, her energy when I met her in person was just like, she was just like a buddy. Yeah. Like she, I, I've uh, worked in like when I worked in retail, I, I worked closely with some of the Hollywood, um, type people because they would want clothes for, you know, reality TV shows or whatever. Let's just say I've, I've met some, some people in Hollywood who have shows and stuff and I've met supposed celebrities and they, uh, nine times out of 10 are assholes. They're jerks. They, they look down at you. They kind of just feel like they're better than you. And she was the exact opposite of that. Like she just exuded friendliness and fun and this good, loving energy like she's always quick to smile always quick to laugh and um i just felt that instantly when i met her and when she was at the women's moto show she was doing a lot of times what she does is the weld demo and she's just you know it's just giving you the opportunity to see what it's like to weld and to do that for women and like come in there and say hey it doesn't matter if you're a woman or whatever, like you can kick ass. And that 
that's a really big deal. It's a really big deal because I think a lot of times, and I'm not going to try to go all like feminist or whatever, because that's not my approach, but there can be a lot of times an attitude that I've experienced being female when you go into a primarily male dominated environment, sometimes the energy can change a bit. (laughs) And and, uh, like I said, I'm not, please don't let anyone take this the, the wrong way. I'm not talking shit on men. I'm not saying any of that. I'm just saying that I have experienced that and I know it exists and happens sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes. Yeah. And so she represented someone who she didn't go in there and be like, Oh, I'm a woman. You have to respect me. Like that wasn't even it. You know what I mean? Like she just went in there. She was confident and she was, she knew what she knew and she was humble at the same time. And yeah, she she actually, I believe, um, again, I'm not 100% on this, but I'm pretty sure that she was uh, trained at WyoTech for welding and fabrication. So, she, I mean, she was already breaking boundaries as a fabricator and uh, just a creator. I almost said the word of the week. Um, uh, I, I, I sensed it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, she already was classically trained in, uh, you know, probably I'm going to guess a predominantly at the time, um, male, um, area, you know, area of expertise and training, but I have actually since seen a lot of girls that have come up in the welding and, and fabrication more recently in the last couple of years. But when you look back at who they idolize, it's going to be somebody like this. And the fact that I think she started, you know, she was also on the Mythbusters. Do you remember that? She was only uh-huh. on there for like one season, I think. But um, she was BA then. Like she was, you could see what a what a fabricator and a skilled worker and creator, not the word of the week. <laughs> but um, yeah, like it was just pretty amazing the stuff that she could come up with. And then you look at some of the stuff that she had built, whether it was race cars or you know, art or whatever have you. And for that show, it was like a lot of um, special weird test thing, you know, armatures and mm-hmm. weird little props and almost, you know. So, yeah, she's such a diverse person, such a um, – the the outpouring of love on the social media just, just today, um, and I'm sure mm-hmm. we'll see it for the rest of the week. Um, as this comes out on Friday, I'm sure there'll be – maybe even more stuff coming on some bigger channels. Um, the influence that she had as a, as a personality and, and not just, not just a fabricator and not just a woman, but like you were saying earlier, a little bit of everything. She was a writer. She was a friend. She was a teacher. She was a personality. She was a lot of things to a lot of different people. And I think for the contribution that she has, um, let you know the, this huge hole in the community that she's left behind of all these people that were fabricators and writers different types of personalities because she was also like on um, all girls garage and i think one called like four wheeling with the guys or something like that she was on some um show you know just making a dent in a world where yeah she's she's sticking out like a sore thumb because she's a badass babe doing all this stuff and i know you were you were hit particularly hard because you almost didn't uh, want to come on today and you definitely even despite the pain I think you were maybe going to ride over here but then like that happened and, yeah. yeah yeah I didn't you know the thing is that really it was really hard because I woke up because 
I was still really sore. I woke up kind of late today, and then I woke up to the text message with Chris, and he had the news in there. And that was just, like, the first thing that hit me that day, you know? And I'm just like, dang. Like, at first I was like, no, 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 no. This isn't, you know, there was a denial phase. And um, sure enough, you know, I was like, oh, my God, this is real. And it just... You know, it just reminded me that, number one, as motorcyclists, I think we are pretty aware that there is a risk every time you do something that's in this, related to this type of thing. There's always, you know, potential for something lethal to happen. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you know, we never know when it's going to happen. And so those around us just being it just made me really want to take inventory of the people who are around me that have influenced me and that I care about and who are just have like I said influenced me like meeting her even though I wasn't like I wasn't her best friend or anything like that but just the little bit of interaction that I did with her made a huge impression on me you know and just realizing that it we do affect other people and it kind of made me look at myself and be like, okay, you know, like I want to carry on this legacy in my own way, you know, and Teresa from real deal, uh, who is part of the, it was kind of like the co-op that Jesse was a part of, you know, she commented on my Instagram and she said, you know, you are what Jesse wanted to see. Like somebody who felt empowered from what she did. That's what Jesse wanted. She wanted empowerment of anybody she came in contact with. And it just made me be like, okay, you know, that's, that's where we, everyone else who's left behind, that's our responsibility is to carry that forward and to carry that on in the ways that we can. And, you know, that's what I've just been really thinking about all day is just like, okay, you know, what can I do to, just fill the, fill that gap, you know, in my little way. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's really sad news, but at the same time, we can't, we can't dwell on, on what we can't control. I think we just have to carry forward and, and appreciate, you know, the times that we had and the experience and, and to remember what, what she brought, brought to the community. Like you said, like she touched so many different people. So, yeah. Um, such a big, big person. It, it always, you know, the biggest personalities leave the biggest holes, you know, for, and it hurts a lot, the hardest. Yeah. Um, the thing is that Ashley and I were talking about, and I hope that, um, Anya does this and the people who are, running babes right out i know they're definitely gonna have a memorial for her and uh, we bought our tickets for babes right out this year and um i think it's gonna be it's gonna be rough you know because last year we saw her there and we i we were literally standing next to her and i was like isn't that jesse combs and ashley's like yeah it is and uh she looked over Ashley looked over at Jesse and Jesse remembered Ashley and she's like, Oh, Hey, I remember you. And just, you know, we struck up a conversation. So I think this year at babes right out, there's definitely going to be a somber presence to some degree, just because, you know, that's the last, the last time memory I had last year at 
bathed right out was, you know, seeing her there. So I hope that um, there's a good memorial and maybe even a ride. I think it would be really awesome if we did like a ride in her honor there. So I hope I hope that happens and comes together. And if not, God damn it, I will fucking put it together myself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, rad. Well, hey, with that, we're running. Uh, man, we we filled up this card. We filled it up. Uh, that means we've Dang. got a lot of material under our belts here. Who knew? Yeah, I didn't think it was going to be that long. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, and and obviously we've had some past shows on here too. But yeah, we've got uh, a lot of material. We've been going through. Um, Junkie needs to make a trip to get some banana pants and shirts and SD cards <laughs> at Target. Um, but having said that too, thank you, Jay, for checking in. We got mm-hmm. a little, a little bit from Wiggs. He's going to, he's going to, he recorded something for us from his, uh, 15 hour day that he's been pulling. And it's about, uh, his track, track day with, uh, Brady Walker this weekend. Awesome. And That's really cool. yeah, stay tuned. Next week is our interview with Miranda from Ghost Biker Explorations. Please do me a favor. Um, Leave us a review in iTunes. How are we going to do this without saying the word of the week? We already owe some people something. Uh, uh, CRP. Yeah. Ch- <laughs> check us out. Ch- go to iTunes or Stitcher, SoundCloud. At the Fun Loving Riding Motorcycle Podcast. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> that does stuff that takes a part of your brain, which means that oh, wait, you... Th- does it count if we spell it out? Yes, yeah, so don't do Ooh, that. That's, I think that's a loophole. That's technicality. That well, was never it, stated it, it, at the beginning. It, it is the name of our podcast plus the name of g- dot g- gmail. So, <laughs> <laughs> hey everybody, stick around. We are gonna have a little excerpt from Wiggins from his track day at the uh, Carnival of Speed, and then we're gonna be out of here. So hold on to your pants. Billy Guy Builds Motorcycle Washing Services. Give Billy a try. I'm Billy Guy Bill. You give me water and a bucket, I'll wash your motorcycle. It'll be good clean. Billy Guy Build, getting motorcycles clean since 25 weeks ago. Billy Guy Builds, located in Burt Town. I'm Billy get your motorcycle sparkly. Billy washes baggers, cruisers, Naked bikes, sport bikes, drag bikes, scooters, monkey bikes, mini bikes, bikes that don't even run. Call Billy now, 555-273-BILLY. You call me and uh, book your appointment to wash your motorbike. That's Billy Guybuild's Motorcycle Washing Services, just outside of Luckerville, Bloyton and Stancran in Blimey Town. Billy Guybuild's Motorcycle Washing Services. Don't forget it, punk. Yeah, bitch. For over 125 and a half years, no pickle has been more trusted by motorcycle champions everywhere than Clawman Pickles. You want to win your race? Put a Clawman pickle in your face. Clawman's guaranteed. I love a Clawman, and I recommend Clawman pickles for the win. You heard, Mama. Put a Clawman's in your face.
your mouth and a championship trophy on your shelf. Clubbing, the only picker for motorcyclists. I didn't really realize it. 
but it was great. Brady, as always, throws one hell of a party. There was some crazy mini bike mayhem. There was a little barbecue um, to support a rider that got hurt on a sidecar who's a, a regular with Brady's track days. Um, there was drag racing, thousand foot drag racing, which is a little less than a quarter mile. It's actually, I'm pretty sure what NHRA runs um, because the cars especially, but even the bikes have gotten so fast that it gave them one, it, you know, slows them down a little bit and it gave them a little more uh, room to get slowed down without extending all the tracks. But anyway, so they did some thousand foot drag racing. It was kind of cool. Um, so I just kind of hung out with Tony and those guys. Actually, personally, I could probably make an episode about it. I hung out a lot with speed, former Speedway World Champion Billy Hamill and uh, got to learn about, you know, him going to Europe and, and things he did, you know, at that level to win a world championship and, and uh, you know, how it kind of works over there, which is super interesting. Um, but, yeah, I got to have a... a cool long conversation and just listen to war stories basically from a, a legit world champion speedway rider so shout out to billy hamill for that because as many listeners know i'm i've done a my decent amount of speedway and if it wasn't for the hooligan stuff taking off i might still be doing speedway i don't know um and speedway is personally for me was the hardest motorcycle i ever learned how to ride because everything you know about motorcycle riding is wrong <laughs> Um, to put it basically like when I, when my body was telling me to throttle is when you need to be off the gas. And, uh, when your body's telling you to be off the gas is when you need to be on the gas. So it just takes a, a good while to figure out how to ride. Um, you know, and a lot of people like Billy will tell you that experienced motorcycle riders struggle even more. So, and I did, I struggled an entire season, but I also struggled because I didn't care about going fast. I cared about riding the bike correctly. Um, you know, and I'd have a lot of D1 guys watch me ride and be like, dude, if you, you know, when you're good enough for D1, like we totally support that because I was consistent and safe and, and I wasn't all over the place. And a lot of division two guys, um, it's kind of like B group guys on track days and, and new rider, you know, new racers, um, they're fast, they're really fast guys, but they don't have the talent yet. So there's a lot of more mistakes. Um, they can't ride super close to people. They crash a lot more, um, where the division one guys are another level faster, but way safer. So, but anyway, it was super cool to hang out with Billy Hamill, um, you know, ride on the track with him. And it's fun because he's out there doing, he used to do a little bit of armor road racing a few years ago, but you know, for him, it's like when I go to those track days too, it's, it's, there's no stress. I mean, of course, you know, you want to go out and ride fast and do all that. But when I go to a Lugan race, man, it's stressful. There's, I need to make sure gearing is spot on and there's a lot of competition and like, I'm in it to win it. I want to win that fucking thing. You know, I want to make the main event or if it's a, a big fast event, you know, I have goals and I want to do well. Um, where when I go to the track day, it's like, if I blow a corner, so what, you know, I'll work on the next corner. Um, so it was cool. Cause Billy kind of had a lot of the same things, you know, his level of speedway, even though he races local in California, he does do a ton to help juniors and stuff, but he's like, there's pressure to win, you know? And, and he's getting older. He was world champion in 96. So a lot of the young guys, 
you know, give him stiff competition. So he's like under this pressure to win or maybe his personal pressure to win. But he also has these kids that he's helping that are right on his wheel, sometimes faster than him, you know? And uh, so I get it. I totally get that where the road racing is fun for him. So that was super cool. And Saturday, um, I pulled a sleeping in my truck Saturday night for the huge, you know, shit's expensive. I'm not, not going to spend money on a hotel. So got up Sunday and rode streets of Willow. And, uh, honestly, I was pretty exhausted. I didn't even stay the whole day. Um, and then our other podcast buddy, Tony was out on Sunday, him and Eric kind of switched days, but you know, the streets was awesome. I had not ridden the RC 51, this one anyway, on streets yet. And the last time I was on it did happen to be, or not the last time, but I did ride an RC on it a long time ago with my old RC, but I'm not, was not the track rider than I am now for sure. So it's a tighter, smaller, more technical track. Um, big willows, two and a half miles and has nine turns and a couple of them are little kinks. And uh, Streets of Willow is two miles and has 14 turns. And it takes you about the same time to get around them. So just a lot harder braking. Um, on Saturday, I was about a quarter, eighth of an inch, quarter of an inch off bottoming my forks out. And on Sunday, I was the, my little suspension travel marker was slammed every session. I didn't feel like I was bottoming out like, you know, ka-chunk bouncing things inside, but, um, I was definitely out of travel. So, but it was good. It was, it, it's good to ride different stuff. You know, it took me a few sessions coming from the big track to kind of get acclimated to that. And, um, you know, you, like I said, you're braking a lot harder and you're in, I was in first, second, and third, where I'm usually in big willow, um, third, fourth, and even fifth for a couple straightaways. So, you know, the bike just accelerates harder because you're in second gear and, and into third a little bit. Um, a couple of the tight corners I'm coming out in first. So, you know, there's there's definitely that. But it's good to learn. It was good to, I as the day went on, I definitely got more comfortable braking on that bike, which is good because, you know, when you go to the big track, obviously I want to push it a little more and run in a little deeper, but it's, you're going a lot faster. So got a little more comfortable definitely spanked my tires i think i might be able to get away with rotating the rear um but yeah good day 100 degrees both days so i did not like i said i did not stay the entire sunday um but stayed most of it great time brady fucking killed it as usual um yeah the band i gotta find the card in my truck man the band was fucking great gotta get uh i'll let you guys know if anyone out there is into like some doom metal that's how this it was like a jam band i never heard any vocals but uh it was just like this slow doom metal sound the whole time and it was fucking great so anyway that was my weekend update um nothing oh yeah so coming up soon uh not soon november beginning of november if anyone can listen some of you bama boys or anyone out there in uh listening to us that may have any kind of dirt track bike or maybe not there is the socal hooligans camp out the first weekend in november at el mirage dry lake bed um hopefully jay can make it hopefully the turdmeister can make it um i'm definitely gonna have my hooligan bike out um looks like this year is gonna be a few more people but uh 
it's fun to just come out and ride if you can you know there's plenty of off-road too if you bring a dirt bike um if you're really into dirt biking it's probably not super killer fun but um you know it's not real technical but it is good dirt biking trails that you can definitely go ride um and the dry lake is fun if you've got something more like land speedish uh that can go out there too so um check out socal hooligans instagram for more details and that's it i will if all goes well next week at work will be more like eight and nine hour days and uh i will be back live in the studio um boy this week i think i'm gonna give that one up so peace and knuckle grease fans and thanks for listening and tuning in and hopefully turdman's section is as entertaining as mine probably not though i'm gonna bet not I hope he doesn't edit that out. <laughs> Later. Why would I edit that out? That's great audio. <laughs> wow, Wiggins sent in a piece of audio and it was less than 30 minutes. I am impressed. And he only name dropped one Speedway champion. Uh, yeah, everybody check it out. Go to uh, Wig09 on Instagram. Check out SoCal Hooligans on Instagram and check out Field Initiative Knives while you're at it. I'm sure Chris would love to get back into. Oh, what's going on? I'm woo. Uh, sorry about that. Sorry to sorry to make you suffer through my what was going on in my own head. That's just for me to know. <laughs> Whoa, get away! Get away! <laughs> okay, I'm back. Um, they have left the little creepy thing. I actually quit doing mushrooms on the show. You know what I'm saying? Like that would help out a little bit. Anyway, everybody, thank you so much for hanging out this week and joining in. We had a wonderful conversation with Ray on Patreon and all of our patrons. If you'd like to join in, um, we do our little shows on Tuesdays, usually at eight o'clock this coming week. We're going to be doing, um, an interview so we won't have a discord this week but i may just do like a private chat afterwards for everybody or like on a different day we may also be moving uh days of recording to make it more accessible for me wiggins and jay and so we'll let you know and this only really matters if you're a patron of the show and you're listening on the discord chat and uh, chiming in via there all right if you want to become a patron go to www.patreon.com forward slash creative writing dot html no i don't know i'm just i just putting out other stuff there at the end because i feel like it um if you would like to uh we have some merchandise every uh friday when i'm listening to the show and when i'm editing and all this stuff i whip out my creative writing coffee mug i didn't make this mug myself i submitted it to zazzle they made it up for me and then wham i got one so um if you'd like to have the same mug that junkie turdman drinks out of head over to zazzle.com forward slash creative dash writing i think the story is or just look for creative writing could be creative dash writing or creative underscore writing i don't even hardly pay attention because i've got about three zazzle sales so as soon as we get up to that 25 dollar mark they're going to kick me back the three dollars that i made off of the uh the stuff yeah I, I literally get nothing but i want you guys to be able to have something so go over there for some shirts some coffee mugs whatever you want to get from zazzle um yeah just search creative dash writing i think it is and also if you uh want to give us a call 740-563 
2858. Leave us a message. One of these days, you might actually get me on the phone, though. And check us out on all the Instagrizzles and Facebooks and all that as Creative Writing Podcast. Leave us an email, creativewritingpodcast at gmail.com. And we're in Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, uh, Overcast, Podbean. We're, we're everywhere you get a good uh, variety of podcasts, much of them better than this one. So if you do get a chance, leave us a review wherever you find us. Tell a friend about us. And the biggest thing is if you've got something creative or know someone creative that would love to be on the show, let us know via one of those outlets. All right, everybody. Uh, bag of cabbage. Bag of cabbage.